0: Remember that podcast I had you record? Well, I have good news and bad news. Which do you want to hear first? I, myself, I like the bad news first. Kind of softens the blow a little bit so that...
1: Shut up. Jesus, you talk so much for someone who has nothing to say. Just give me the news and get the f*** out of here.
2: Abs and a six-pack.
1: Forty bucks for a half ounce. Either the market for crystal meth fell off a cliff or I just bought a bag of rat poison. Only one way to find out.
3: This is Absinthe6pack episode 138 and this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. we're going to be here for the next
2: two hours. I can do this voice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be live here for the next two hours. Maybe
3: longer if we lose track of time. Joined here today by Darren O'Neill, host of Random Thoughts, Planet Rage, and Unrelenting the man and the Rock and Roll Pre-Show, the Man with a Million Shows. Darren O. Hey,
4: and the great Norm Macdonald in the intro there. I like that.
3: Do you know? Uh, do you know what that's
4: from? No. I mean, Have he you, did so many things?
3: This is a cartoon in uh, animated in the Hanna Barbera style. Came on Adult Swim. So old school looking. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it ran for four seasons at least. It's called Mike Tyson Mysteries, and it stars Mike Tyson. <laughs> Excellent! It's like a Scooby Doo style, like TV, like mature rating, uh, like I said, Hanna Barbera style. And Mike, it's Mike Tyson and his sidekicks are. I, I don't
4: know how I missed that. That must be a really good show.
3: <laughs> it's, it's really, it is really good. It's Mike, Mike Tyson, a uh, little Asian chick. It's Mike Tyson's daughter, a ghost. I can't remember who plays the ghost. And then his other sidekick is a pigeon called Pigeon. And Norm Macdonald plays the pigeon. Nice. It's pretty good. Actually, uh, let me see. I pulled some ISOs from it recently. Let me, uh, yeah, here we go. I, I'll i I'll, I'll run through my uh, Mike Tyson Mysteries ISO. Most of them are Pigeon because, yeah, I love Norm Macdonald. Here we go.
1: Oh, I love chess. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's because it's a lie. <laughs> uh, give me the news Just give me the news and get the f- out of here Uh got a shit Oh for god's sakes I've had to go to the bathroom for 20 minutes Oh no I can't hold it any, any longer Oh god I can't hold it I have to go so bad I can't, Oh god oh, I'm just kidding I can shit wherever I want <laughs>
4: Cause he's a pigeon Yeah The give me the news thing would be a great ISO Or no agenda
1: Yeah. Just give me the news and get the f- out of here I also yeah. have a
3: as far as related to the have to go take a shit, I have one for when I have to bimrose, and, and, but like if, if I have more than one person on, I usually assume that they can talk between themselves and I'll be back in time, but sometimes that (laughs) doesn't happen. So I have a a clip for that.
4: Where is it? Yeah. Oh, here we
1: go. None of your business. That's where I was. Yeah.
4: (laughs) That works. I mean, I like though, when the other person on the show with you disappears and you realize they've disappeared, that's a perfect time to call them out for disappearing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> None of your f-ing business. That's where I was. <laughs> and, uh, I think everybody I, knows.
3: I like this one a lot.
1: Either the market for crystal meth fell off a cliff or I just bought a bag of rat poison. <laughs> uh, yeah, Here's another good one for I'm Norm. Sorry, I, I'm just in a horrible mood. I smoked a ton of crack last night. And as usual, now I feel like shit. <laughs> I always liked his attitude.
5: Yeah, it is
4: the take no shit attitude. He is Larry, but funnier, without as good of a voice.
3: Yeah, well, that's because he's Canadian and Larry's American, like the <laughs> Lord intended.
4: Uh yeah. Well, there's different places in the world for different reasons.
3: Yeah, I the only the only Canadian I've ever met with a good voice is Blaney.
4: Well, females are different, I think. So you're kind of By dissing okay. cold acid, and uh, I mean, we get that. I've heard the show; it's it's, it's I'm, disturbing.
3: I'm dissing Rick Moranis too, but you know, it's like it's not like I don't <laughs> like him. I just his voice, you know.
4: Right there should be a magical microphone that they can talk into, so they actually sound like their balls are dropped. Yeah, so they sound human. Yeah, that'd be good. Right. So you're saying there may be lizard people, or alien, or some kind of uh, some kind of weird thing going on. Sounds like an Alex Jones theory.
1: The Canadians uh, are David all Icke, lizard maybe. people. David
4: Icke, the <laughs> yeah.
1: Whoa, that was transcendent. <laughs> yeah, but from I, what to what? I,
3: I only actually looking at these. I only pulled one clip from Mike Tyson Mysteries that actually is Mike Tyson talking, even though he's the main character.
6: Is that something we should be concerned with? <laughs>
4: Hey, you have to yeah. pull more of those clips. Those clips are really yeah. good. You to do that
3: now. I do the mic. Kind
4: of like Joe Biden talks. You kind of mumble way through.
3: Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson sounds like one of the kids that Joe Biden would be molesting.
4: Stop sniffing my head, Joe. Stop sniffing, <laughs> man. Stop sniffing, man. I don't, I don't like that. Stop sniffing my head, Joe. Yo.
3: Uh, have you listened to Mike
4: Tyson's podcast before? I have not. It's not I mean, called I've Mike, heard Tyson Mike Tyson s- Yeah, <laughs> I've heard him speak. I mean, uh, it's called hot boxing because he's
3: always smoking weed.
4: Or, or boxing.
3: Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a double entendre. Hot boxing because he's a boxer and he smokes a lot if of weed. you smoke
4: weed and then start boxing with somebody who hasn't been smoking weed, you probably get your ass kicked.
3: Or it's a impor- uh, performance-enhancing drug, maybe. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, think LSD so. could be a performance-enhancing <laughs> drug because it makes everything feel like it's in slow motion, so you're faster than the people you're fighting. But with oh, yeah, weed would be like yeah, the Flash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't think weed works that way.
4: No, weed probably just makes you sit there and go, uh, poof, and then you get slammed in the face <laughs> a few times.
3: Uh, yes, NetNet and Mike Tyson has a podcast called Hot Boxing. I think we just covered that. It's has filmed in black and white. He had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on as a guest uh, even, and it was a good, good show. They, got, uh, they didn't just focus on vaccine stuff. They uh, talked about like the early days of the Kennedys and what it was like gl- growing up in the Kennedy household in the 60s. It was, uh, it was a really, really good show, and he's, he's had a lot of people on
4: there that are pretty cool. Yeah, I'm but, betting Mike Tyson's upbringing a little different than Kennedy's.
3: Oh yeah, have you heard the story? He like he was in, he was like uh, just had a totally fucked up childhood. And this guy, what was his name, Mickey or something, found him. Like I haven't heard the story in forever, but yeah, I think Mike Tyson's speech impediment is a lot of it's due to his childhood and trauma and stuff.
4: Makes sense. Yeah, but now he has a podcast, so he can tell us all about it. Everybody yeah, has a podcast. It's true. So before
3: the uh before the show starts playing the uh, like I said the Always Sunny and Danny DeVito was like what the hell is a podcast? It's like well it's something you don't need to keep eating crackers on all the time Frank.
4: Yeah I heard that. I was about to go upstairs and grab some crackers just, just to so add that can... to the <laughs> just to have some fun with you. I got some you know like the uh the really uh the really snappy ones too. You know, they're not like the soft Ritz. They're like the harder uh, flatbread things. They just, they would crackle and pop. Oh,
3: man. You know what would be good for a podcast is Pop Rocks. Remember those? That might be. Oh, know. yeah.
4: They're,
3: they're just, still around. Okay. Yeah. They're just like, it's it's like having um, firecrackers in your
4: mouth or something. It's the ultimate ASMR stuff. And you just open up your mouth and hear it go. ow. <laughs> I wonder if ooh that might be a market we could get into,
3: Darren. I don't know if anybody's ever done that <laughs> ASMR pop rocks. I'm gonna Google yeah. that right now.
4: In stereo, uh, that'd be I'm even sure, better. You know,
3: yeah, that's every time I Google something thinking it's an original idea, it's somebody's already fourteen
4: thousand people have done it.
3: Yeah, ASMR pop rocks. Here we go. Uh,
4: yeah. All right. Let's see.
3: Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep.
4: Got it. You got to be willing to stick a uh, expensive microphone halfway into your mouth, though, probably to get the best sound.
3: Uh, well, there's uh, what's Amaranth, that one chick on Twitch. There's a bunch of chicks that actually deep throat microphones. I know Nick the rat was talking about starting to do that. Well, That's I mean, that make would make your show
4: better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you might that be able only... to understand what he's saying then. I think that only works if you have tits. Uh... Yeah, you know, there is a difference. I mean, this is not equity. When it comes to podcasters and the amount of money you make for the quality of your content as opposed to the size of your boobs, I mean Nick could just work on bigger boobs too. I mean he could try that.
3: Do you want to hear the? Uh, do you want to hear the sound of some? Yeah, the, the pop rocks, of course. Yeah, this is the only one I could find with the dude. Most of them have like anime hair <laughs> and like those e-girl headphones on. You know. Here we go. All right. Let's skip ahead to where he's actually got him in his mouth.
4: Yeah, that's the noise.
3: Yep. Ooh. And if that guy does that for... Is that one of his teeth popping? And if that guy Maybe. does... Yeah, it's like you're going to need a full-time everyday dentist if you're doing that for <laughs> a living every day. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ.
4: Uh. It is a, it's a very uh, unnerving sound, though.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's like... A, You're right, because it's a very distinct sound. Because I remember even when you you have them in your mouth, it kind of echoes up through your ear canals and sinuses to where you can hear it. Uh, So I I don't think there's another sound quite like Pop Rocks in your mouth.
4: The Canadians are probably into it, though. Well. (laughs) They would totally tune in.
3: Uh, Pop Rocks, I gotta, AMS I've, are I've been told totally I need big of to Kurtis down on the Canadian hate on the show because that's half of what I do is advocate for Canada to be nuked because I really hate them as a country. Although I'll say I mean, the okay. the, tr- the trucker thing kind of has me had turned me onto their side. I was like
4: maybe they're not all bad. Now why do you hate Canada? I mean you're way down in Tennessee. Why would you hate Canada? It's not like you're right on the border here close to the Canadians. <clears throat>
6: had
3: hit the cough button. Um okay, so there's a like I think first of all the easiest answer is South Park really like makes Canada fun to hate <laughs> cuz they yes, all like they, they all their all their wheels are like squares and they only have one road.
4: I mean, and... Terrence and Philip were just genius though. Yeah.
3: But the the real reason is I think uh shortly after 9/11 the because we, we used to live in Toledo, Ohio, so it was, you know, pretty close to Canada. And I, I was five and my sister was one year old. And when we were going to visit Canada, we were stopped by the Canadian Border Patrol and interrogated for hours without our parents to make sure that we were actually their kids. And that's a bad first impression of Canada.
4: I mean, were your parents trying to ditch you and just, like, leave you in Canada? Was that the idea?
3: No, it was, like, I guess we didn't have our birth certificates with us. Which just, like, why would you need that? But it was, like, right after 9-11. You know, right. no, like, you know Canada. what? No, this was before 9-11. When we went after, after 9-11, uh-huh. they did the same thing. But this was before 9-11 because 9-11 happened when I was seven. But both times, like, we got held up and, like, traumatized by the Canadian Border Patrol. And uh, they didn't even give us, like, any maple syrup or hockey tickets or anything. So it was a fucking—it was bullshit.
4: They give you a full cavity search, though, at least?
3: (laughs) When when I was five years old? I hope not. If so, I've blocked it out
4: of my memory. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you'd be surprised. You start remembering the stuff, you put it in a podcast, it'll get attention. Maybe they'll send you a lifetime supply of beautiful maple syrup from Canada. What else send me a
3: to keep in my backyard, I'd be cool with that too. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. I will I will go ahead and uh open up the phone lines and uh that's eight six five four six five six two seven one if anybody wants to call in. People we'll just kind of show we'll keep that going throughout the show. Uh sometimes. It really depends. Like a diaper, you know?
4: Yeah. Comes and goes.
3: <laughs> but uh I uh I was inspired when we when uh you did that show, The Latest Planet Rage. Uh I was inspired after the conversation you guys had based on my based on your Bill O'Reilly clips and then my Bill O'Reilly voicemail, <laughs> which I was fortuitous like how great was it that I knew you would have a Bill O'Reilly clips like before Yes, and I I had, I
4: had not listened to your clip, so that <laughs> wasn't the reason the O'Reilly was brought. It was because he was very pissed off that week. Which I found to be entertaining. So it worked out. Sometimes podcasting just works, and it was a lot of fun, as always with Larry. But having Jennifer Buchanan and the great John Fletcher on, it was a whole lot of fun.
3: Yeah, it's I I enjoyed it. I was listening while I was working, or I would have been there. But uh, yeah, it was. But that that whole the whole conversation you guys had about Bill O'Reilly and Alex Jones and what you said about it. Inspired me to, this morning, pull some Bill O'Reilly clips and a couple Alex Jones clips.
4: Ooh, we, is this like a com- competition?
3: Well, I wouldn't say it's a competition, because if it was, it would be something closer to the Battle of the Douchebags that we've been doing, <laughs> where you, like, have audience participation and take votes. And
4: uh, That yeah. sounds like something that uh, Who Are These Podcasts would have come up with. The Battle of the Douchebags? Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... They did do you, something I don't know similar, if you caught I think.
3: any of the, We did it live after no agenda the first time, and, uh, God, we went a good four hours. But
4: I, did I win? I was hoping I won. I mean, that is that is a title that, who wouldn't <laughs> want that title?
3: Ethan Klein uh, won that first round, but we had 16. There's always time. Yeah, we had six, I, You would never make it on the contenders list unless you <laughs> submitted yourself, as far as I know, because everybody likes you. I like you.
4: Well, that's appreciated, but, I mean, come on, this would be fun. I mean, this is a title you can hang on to and be like, yeah, I did that. Like that little Joe Biden stickers, I did that? Like, <laughs> yes. I made a difference. I became the douchebag of the year. Of
3: the year? Okay. Yeah, we we never put a time limit on it. I guess we maybe well, could. should. Otherwise, we people are going to bring like, Genghis. You don't want people bringing Genghis Khan or something.
4: Well, you could then do a uh, competition that would be douchebag of all time i mean there's that but you can make it more like a reality show that way you could be like if it's douchebag of the year you could get content that just keeps repeating and then you start over when the next year starts
3: (laughs) well full disclosure uh the next show we're doing the first one was just me and Booberry and lavish uh but uh the next one we're doing will be larry will be our fourth guy and so we're each gonna bring two douchebags just so it doesn't go four hours
4: well, see, Larry might bring me. I've been working with him long enough now. He may, he may bring me as one.
3: <laughs> well, he's—I know for sure—he's bringing Neil
4: Young. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, he does not like Mister Young.
3: And my two picks are uh, for this this one are uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill O'Reilly.
4: So an old black guy and an old white guy.
3: Yeah, but. I mean, to Bill O'Reilly's credit, I think I hate, I hate Neil deGrasse Tyson more. <laughs> I think. But I, maybe I won't know until I do the full, full deep dive.
4: Yeah, you have to do the deep dive. It's only fair.
3: <laughs> Boobery said it went four hours because you brought 20 minutes worth of clips of each, for each person. Blueberry, yeah, see, there is yeah, a time so... management thing
4: involved there. Uh, well, it was like that original concept for a misinformed nation, where it was like this is going to be an eighteen-hour show. And no, uh,
3: I'm the only eighteen-hour show.
4: <laughs> hey, now, uh, sounds like you're throwing down a gauntlet. <laughs> That's why.
3: Well, and and since the Battle of the Douchebags was uh, an Abs in a Six-Pack episode, technically, then I have the right to make it for it. No. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I did bring, like, way too long clips for some people. But some of the clips I brought were, like, 15, 20 seconds. It's just that those were few and far between. But anyways, not to get caught up on the past, I did want to clear something up uh, before we get into the Bill O'Reilly stuff. Because this has been parroted for a couple years now by people that have no problem with Alex Jones. And the lie was so big that people didn't bother to look into it. And this is Alex Jones admitted in court that he plays a character.
4: You heard this? No, but I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I mean, they, he does
3: that. Well, they mentioned it on hog story the other night and it's like, um, well, I'll just play the, I'll just play the daily show, Trevor Noah talking about it. And then I'll break it down.
4: Cause I had to, I had to oh, explain speaking this Speaking of guys that are not funny. Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah.
3: Yeah. 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 He should be on the douchebag list for sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I ha- when Dick Masterson was on the show, he's an Ale- a huge Alex Jones fan, and even he thought this was true, that Alex Jones admitted he was playing a character. But I'll break it down after I play this, uh, this clip here from Trevor Noah. For
0: the past 20 years, Alex Jones has hosted radio and Internet shows. He's on 150 radio stations, he has 8 million people who visit his website every single month, and he has a billion views on YouTube. He's basically like the Gangnam Style of the far right. And to his millions of followers he's always
2: been this guy. I I know all of this. I know they're spraying us every day. I know they're spraying my family. I know we're all filled with heavy metals. The UN says, if you don't play ball with them, they'll just spray you and and shut down your weather. I'm broken out of the trance. I'm angry, I'm freaked out. I'm going, my God, they're terraforming. My God, sodium fluoride in the water. My God, they, they funded Hitler. My, you know, I am, I understand what's going on. I read their eugenics documents. The hair on the back of my neck standing up right now. I want to warn you, they should all arrest them! Arrest the bankers! They're robbing God, I can't believe it!
0: Yeah, so he's a pretty chilled-out guy. Pretty... (laughs) That guy's freaking out. You know what, people who freak out about chemtrails are the funniest thing ever. What are the planes doing? What are they spraying in the air? What are they spraying? It's water vapor. <laughs> what, do you look at clouds and then be like, what is that? Poison bombs in the sky? What are those things in the way that giraffe floating? What's God. happening there? This guy must be so terrified every time he takes a shower. like, opens the door and he's like, oh, no, the poison dust is coming out of the vents. What's happening?
3: It's a bad like, AJ impression.
0: I don't know who this person is, and-, and I'm gonna tell you something that's probably gonna shock you. Uh, a little while ago, Alex Jones' wife divorced him. I know, I know, people. I know, I know it's crazy to think someone would leave that.
3: Uh, by the way, his new wife is way hotter anyway.
0: Now, it gets even crazier because she also thinks that for some reason, he shouldn't have custody of their children.
3: So Alex Jones' ex-wife in the divorce court, despite all the evidence you would think you would have to say that Alex Jones is an unfit parent, she still lost custody of her kids and Alex kept custody. Which is very untypical for a woman to not... Yeah, for a
4: female to not get the kids, yeah.
3: Yeah, because she was fucking insane.
4: Which means... Well, yeah, you you already said she was married to to Alex Jones, so of course she was fucking insane.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you that one.
0: Which means now he has to go to court. Which means...
7: The InfoWars host in a legal battle for custody of his
3: children. His lawyers say the fire breather on the web isn't the real Alex Jones. That he, quote, is playing a character. That he's a performance artist.
0: All right, let me, let me, let me stop you right there. You're not a performance artist, okay? Jugglers are performance artists. <laughs> and they also shouldn't have custody of their children. But still, <laughs> but still, they are artists.
4: That guy is so not funny.
3: Yeah. And it's not because he's fake black either.
4: No, no, no he's just w- really not funny. <laughs> the,
3: the the part that gets left out, and this was everywhere, like CBS, MSNBC, Fox News, New York Times. Alex Jones admits he's playing a character. What they don't show you in the court documents is that his wife's divorce lawyers for over the custody battle were playing a clip from InfoWars where Alex Jones is dressed in full Joker makeup holding a syringe going,
8: take your vaccines, kids. I'm going to kill
3: you. And he's got like the full Joker face paint on. And Alex Jones lawyers say, well, this is not insanity. This is Alex Jones playing a character here. And so the media took that and ran with it and said, Alex Jones admits he's playing a character all the time, which... So, I mean, it's... And it's to the point, like I said, where even Dick Masterson didn't look into it enough and thought that that was real. So I'm... I find myself at least once every six months having to debunk this. Like I said, they, they that on hog story the other day. I was like, I, I mean, this is
4: anybody that does this kind of stuff gets this. I mean, back when he was on Fox news and maybe still gets it, I haven't really watched him a lot lately to know, but when he would go through the stuff and he would you'd be crying and stuff like that, everybody was like, Oh, it's all, it's all fake. Oh, and talking I about think Glenn Beck. Yeah, I think to a certain extent it is with anybody that does a show, there is some sort of when that switch is flipped. Yeah, because you know you want to be extra entertaining. That's just part of the deal, which is how so many people get into so much trouble in the new world. It's like, because you know, sometimes the funniest thing to say is the thing that's the most wrong thing possible to say. And uh, the nation and world as a Poll has kind of lost their sense of humor. A lot of them. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Speaking of Glenn Beck, Adam Curry was just on his show. I saw that. I'm going to be excited to to watch that. Because Beck is the guy that got me back into politics. I mean, as a matter of fact, right in front of me on the wall is a 20 by 30 poster in the Barack Obama. Remember that old hope and change uh, poster like the blue and red tinged uh, thing with Barack Obama's face on it that said hope? Uh, yeah. Somebody had come up with a graphic that's Glenn Beck wrapped up in police tape, screaming, and then it just has Beck at the bottom. That's what's on the wall in front of me when I do all these shows. So uh, <laughs> there's some Beck DNA in what we do. Oh God, Glenn Beck. I uh, and that that
3: was my problem with with Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, even Tucker Carlson, and uh, Rush Limbaugh. Is it took the it was it was fifteen years after Alex Jones had been talking about Agenda 2030 and the New World Order and all this stuff. He was talking about it fifteen years before any of these guys. Before and then like they all in the Trump era finally caught up to what Alex Jones was talking about in 1995.
4: Well, it's a delivery system. I mean, that's what it is because Alex Jones comes off like a buffoon. I mean, like he's entertaining. But his delivery is that way, which is what people thought about Beck when he first started, especially because he came, you know, from being the goofy radio DJ. He didn't come from the background of being a journalist and somebody that you would normally take seriously. And it took a long time for Beck to be taken seriously. He's be uh, really was right on a lot of the stuff years before a lot of other people as well. But when he was saying that, people were like, "Oh, he's crazy." When we talk about stuff like the caliphate and all this stuff, and You know, it was all on the competing news networks, of course, on the left. It was all how crazy he was. So, I mean, I get how Jones kind of falls into that same thing. But if you were to just randomly, if you didn't know anything about Alex Jones and pulled a random clip just from his delivery, he comes across as a bit of a loon. I don't think that's a... we,
3: We did an episode with Charlie Robinson and uh, Alex Stein, who gets clipped on No Agenda a lot, the last episode I did was all about 9-11, and that's what we said. is, It's like, yeah, Alex Jones works in the favor of the establishment because even when he's right about 9-11 from day one being a complete government operation, his delivery and his bombasticness and his emotionality and just wackiness discredits that his own arguments, so that's why they let him do it.
4: Yeah, and then because it's like, well, <laughs> hey, wait, if he's saying it, Nobody's gonna believe it. It's great when he gets it right. Yeah, exactly.
9: Listen to the radio host, Alex Jones.
2: I found, found this clue. It's Alex Jones. Beck, boom, everywhere. Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. Mark that spot. The plague lies there. The enemy! <laughs> There's nothing worse. Little little minion, this little this little this little gremlin. Beck's not even a goblin. He's a, he's a gremlin, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. And he sits there like he's always on a toilet. He's this little face like he's constipated. Glenn Beck sits there in his chair. He comes on. Like, he's like, where's this part where he's, he's constipated on the screenshot, like like back at the beginning of the video. Because it's so funny how Beck's all constipated. Here, I'm, I'm uh, split screen. Here we go. This is what they came up with. Let's hear the creature that they dug up out of atheist, God-hating abortion radio. And let's hear what he has to say. Um, what
3: is frightening to me is... Oh, and there's Glenn Beck uh, on Anderson Cooper's show. I won't play this whole clip, but yeah. It's like, and that, and that's what I was going to bring up about O'Reilly too. As Beck and O'Reilly, you know their establishment because they sit down with people like Stephen Colbert and yuck it up like best buds, like Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel they'll sit down like bill o'Reilly'll sit or or Glenn Beck'll sit down with Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert and like be best friends and like, oh, we like each other, ah yeah, yeah yeah it's like they won't let somebody outside the system do that now. I will say once O'Reilly got canned from Fox News, then he started saying what he really thinks, and he got way better.
4: Well, yeah, he was trying to sell books, and he thought he needed that system. And it's easy to understand, I believe. And he talked about, uh, especially with uh, David Letterman and Jon Stewart, that when he would do their shows, he had a lot of fun. Even though they were totally on opposite sides of the political spectrum, they could have a back and forth, which uh, there was a point you could do that now i don't think you really can because both sides just want to belittle the other side and not have a conversation and not try to move the needle in any way shape or form but i mean there's no question beck sold a lot of books o'reilly sold a lot of books and uh they used every outlet they could and if they could get on a david letterman if you can get on any of the late night shows They would do it, although O'Reilly was really entertaining when he went on The View and just pissed off the host so much that the ladies got up and walked off the stage. That was fun. I mean, that was kind of the beginning of when you couldn't have a conversation anymore.
3: I mean, Alex Jones was on The View way back in the day during the Charlie Sheen controversy.
4: Oh, man. Tiger Blood, baby. Winning.
3: Yeah. Uh, Smoking rocks and having a good time. I See, I... hmm. I have some clips here. Well, actually, this will lead us into Because this is even why, after you guys were talking on Planet Rage about O'Reilly and Alex, I, I was already looking at uh, vaccine clips, and I came across this one. And then they brought up O'Reilly on CNN, and I was like, okay, well, this is good. I don't know, man. I
7: was banging seven-gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go.
3: Caller, you're on the air. Oh, I, hey, I, I was
10: calling because I was hearing your guest. And he was saying how people can't have a conversation anymore. People can't get along, even though they're on the opposite side of the political spectrum. And I just want to call and tell you that's wrong. And I'm gonna argue with you on that all day.
3: Uh, that's it. <laughs> Wait, so okay, let me just call her. Let me see if I get this right. You're we you're calling in to say to be angry about people not being able to have civil conversations and not be able to have a conversation without arguing so you're going to argue that actually that's not true and people always have civil conversations and don't argue or they should well,
10: First of all you need to lower your voice and stop yelling at me <laughs> Don't yell at him
4: come uh, on don't yell at him dude it's nice
2: need to
5: stop yelling oh, at me. Oh, Okay Oh my god
2: First of all oh. Okay
5: uh, uh, I
10: also that have a is second, just uh, rude. Question. Oh, sorry, Adam. Uh, I had a second question for the for the guest here. Uh, so, this guy—he's a music guy. Likes a lot of music. Is that right, guest?
4: Does what? I'm sorry. The not hearing this very the caller very well.
10: Oh, you not hear me very well. Uh, just I was saying, if you like music, yes. What kind of music is going on in your world around where? Because you live in a cool part of the world where there's a lot of music, so I understand. You got everything, and, and and you're you're a music guy. You you've been seeing live shows here and there for for a while, and so I wanted to get your take on where you should go if you're ever in that part of the world or what you should see music-wise, venues, acts, whatever.
4: You know, I'm sure the uh, Chicago still has a great music scene. I just refuse to go downtown. So, I mean, that's going to limit uh-huh. a lot. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, Fitzgerald's is about the best nightclub. Yeah, Fitzgerald's is about the only place that's still – it's a small venue – on the south side that a lot of like alt country artists small rockabilly that kind of stuff wind up at but uh i mean going downtown to you know city winery or going to any of the uh any of the theaters like the riviera up on the north side now that's uh it's just too much of a pain in the ass now i mean i've seen shive come Mm -hmm. on i've actually gone to like cities like indianapolis to see the same artist because i didn't want to go downtown chicago it's a much better experience i mean About three hours, so it's, I mean, it's not bad. Wait, there's some, is this some piano, yeah. you, is this a, is this a live well, performance, where's the harmonica? Well, I want
10: to thank, you time to thank everybody for coming out, uh, love you, and I want to thank you for the time. Uh, that's my time. Thank you, Colin. No,
3: I wasn't playing you off, you can stay on the line. Okay. <laughs> you did, you played them right I, out. I didn't mean to play them off, I guess I played them off, jeez. Uh, what's up, Matus? uh is in the chat all right uh where were we i didn't mean to i guess i shouldn't start playing music during callers because they'll think i'm playing them off i I usually play it during guests not callers because the guests know that they're not getting played off usually
4: you never know that all right see you later thanks for the time man we'll sometimes
3: uh... i just want to have some background music to make the the conversation a little spicier you know
4: you want to spice it up i was looking for my glenn beckett off my phone uh
3: I, my Bumper. granddad always loved the red phone that he would have the Obama phone. Like, I guess he's not
4: calling. Yes. he has the number. We call, we gave it to him. We called that we gave it to him again today. But no, he, he's not. He's not calling. I mean, I mean look at him.
2: God, oh, I pledge go. before my heavenly father that I, 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 I that I will resist them <laughs> every way I can. These people are the literal demon spawn of the pit of hell. And you want to talk
4: about uh, playing a character? I clip this from a, a Beck radio show that I was listening to years ago.
2: Get off my phone! Get mm-hmm. off my phone, you little pinhead! Get <laughs> that's a, off! That's yeah, a, that's a good clip. Yeah. I would literally not be able to finish my dinner if some if somebody walked over and talked to me that looked like these two guys.
3: <laughs> All right, here's uh, CNN.
0: Is Donald Trump no longer lockstep with his base? If you need proof that his call and response relationship of those 2016 rallies isn't what it once was, take a look at this.
11: Yeah, More people have died under COVID this year, by the way, yeah. under Joe Biden, right. than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how. Oh well, uh, no,
12: the vaccine worked, but yeah. some people aren't taking it. The ones, the ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take the vaccine. But it's still their choice. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine.
0: Traditional political Uh, wisdom is to play up your accomplishments. And the vaccines certainly are that for Trump. So the advice he's getting directly from people like Bill O'Reilly makes perfect
12: sense to me. I told him that today. He called me. And I said, this is good for you. This is good that people see another side of you, not a political side. You told the truth. You believe in the vax. Your administration did it. And you should take credit for it because it did save, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of lives. But just this week, O'Reilly saw firsthand
0: that some Trump loyalists don't like hearing that he got the booster.
12: Both the president and I are vaxed and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so uh um, oh, don't 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 no that's alright, it's a very tiny group over there.
4: I mean, it's Scott funny Jennings that joined. Trump and uh, O'Reilly both got the booster and neither one are dead yet. That's that's a surprise, right? <laughs>
3: well, yeah, unless they got the saline. We, you know, we don't know. But I mean, fair point that you made. But my question is, isn't it kind of a red flag when CN is praising Trump and O'Reilly for something they did?
4: Well, There are different ways to play that political game, which is there are some people that today are going out because Joe Biden during the State of the Union yesterday said we need to secure our borders. (laughs) You know, it's like, and of course, they're now going, well, you see, even Joe Biden now says, and it's a political game. I mean, the fact that you try to put any one group fully into one category based on things it's like not every conservative or every republican however you want to categorize not everybody on that side is anti-vax so i mean that's uh, oh yeah the
3: the quote-unquote anti-vax which i would call vaccine skeptics or more accurately vaccine safety advocates were traditionally all left-wingers
4: so things change they go back they go forth now they were, you know you agree on certain things and you know it's a strange political game i mean it really is that i have said all along that it's like talk to your doctor if you trust your doctor do what they recommend so anybody that would boo like hey i talked to my doctor and he said i got you know trump's a little overweight he got some comorbidities you know he has the best medical care possible as well so if he's gonna have a side effect you know you have the uh, the immediate care you would need to get, but why anybody would boo somebody for making a medical decision? It goes along the well, lines of I, everything else going on, which CNN is it's
3: divide. CNN didn't play the full context there because tr- before that, Trump is saying uh, the vaccine is like people who question the vaccine are hurting the Republican Party and. He says the exact one of the exact quotes was you're playing into their hand when you sort of say, oh, the vaccine. So I don't think they were just booing the fact that Trump and O'Reilly got the booster as much as Trump pushing the vaccine like in the sentence before that.
4: Well, I mean, the reality is the amount of side effects seem very low. Have there been serious side effects? Yes. But if you believe some people, it's like, well, everybody should be dropping dead. I mean, how many 150 million people now? In this, I mean, in the United States alone, maybe more, had the vaccine, and uh, they're not dead.
1: Have yeah, there been I, side I mean, effects? I, yeah. per,
3: I don't think it's any—I well, mean, we don't know what the long-term effects of the MMR are, for example. That is true. Yeah. But as far as short-term effects, I think it's probably safer than the MMR vaccine. The mRNA is what I—I I don't know if I said MMR earlier, but the mRNA, we don't know the long-term effects, but the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine seems like it's more dangerous— than the uh, the Merck one is more dangerous than any of these COVID shots, based on the the stats I've looked at. But
4: yeah, which makes it all interesting. It all turns once it turns it turns political. I'm talking like Joe Biden now. Once it turns political, it gets very hard to uh, to have any rational, reasonable uh, discussions about it, and people just dig in. And I mean, that's why it's like I don't care what people think. When I got the Johnson and Johnson, and I got the second Johnson and Johnson, it's like. I don't care. I mean, that's what I did. I'm not telling I you. I didn't to know do they it.
3: were letting you do a booster because I called I was prank calling a bunch of CVSs about using Jane and J and J for a booster, and they told me I couldn't do it. Well,
4: they're lying to you.
12: We choose truth over facts.
4: And I did. That was the one one of the things O'Reilly had wrong was on the J and J, and I sent him a letter about it, because you know that's what I do. You know, it's an interesting thing, especially now that you're getting further away from it and you're looking at You know, the efficacy mainly of keeping people because none of them are preventing people from getting sick as the variations come down. It is just to the only metric that you can really look at is keeping people out of the hospital and keeping people from dying. And there's really almost zero difference between the MRNA and the Johnson and Johnson. It appears that the Johnson and Johnson stuff actually lasts longer and you're right the mrna i'm still very leery of what the long-term effects are going to be at least the johnson and johnson was basically built off a you know template similar to other vaccines and now there is a vaccine somebody's just coming out with one that it's pretty much the same technology as the normal flu shots but for covid which i don't maybe worldwide like
3: that's I don't trust any of the shots, to be honest with you. The only one I'll get is the tetanus right now until they really reform the whole policy around vaccines and the loss. It's like any company that can make a product that's immune from any damages it causes you, I don't trust it because then they have no incentive to make it safe.
4: I wouldn't say no incentive, but it is definitely a nice buffer to have is, hey, I can kill a bunch of people and. We're not going to jail. Well,
3: because we're talking about the same companies that did plead guilty to criminal negligence and covering up data like Merck with their heart uh headache pill that caused at least 500,000 heart attacks.
4: Yeah. The old Johnson and Johnson and their baby powder and the.
3: Uh, yeah. So it's like you know, if they they're, if they're doing this for when they can get sued. But these same companies can't get sued for anything wrong with their vaccines. It's like, I can't, I don't want to trust that. It's like you, anyone who wants to go ahead, but you don't make me take that shit. That's my thoughts on it.
4: No, I agree. I mean, it's again, it's a personal decision. Everybody has different risk factors, which is why you should have a doctor that you trust. You should have a lawyer that you trust and you should have a, uh, a money, money manager that you, that you can trust. You <laughs> Gun, know,
3: guns and money that you trust. Lawyer and right. guns and money that you trust.
4: Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, guns, yes. Guns, I trust. Money, I don't know if I trust anymore. I mean, Sir Gene over on the Unrelenting Show that I do was talking about, you know, they could just turn cash off. They can add little uh, RFID into cash. They can totally devalue cash. So, yeah, it's great if you got 100000 in cash in a safe like Gene does, you know, and you just have you know, It's a beautiful thing, but if the money is turned off, then what good is it?
3: Yeah, but I think we're getting crypto back like to where we EMP need gold. EMP is the easy way to shut that off.
4: Uh-huh. Well, that's uh, you know, you take everybody off the digital route, which is the EMP And the interesting thing about that is everybody which is all fully in on the crypto thing. It's like you do realize if the computers go down, y'all are fucked. Yeah. You need something you could hold in your hand. Gold and uh precious metals. Oh, I think that if you really want to hedge your bets, canned food and bullets, brother. Uh huh. Yes. And water. Don't forget distilled water, man. Lots of it.
3: All right, I'm going to finish this uh, CNN clip where they talk about how cool O'Reilly is. I got it, too.
12: Okay, so... Um... Oh, don't, 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 do
0: a, a very tiny group over there. Scott Jennings joins me now to dissect. What's going on here, Scott? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, what I think a horrible president... question. What's going What's... on
3: here? Dude, the, this, like, I don't get why with today's technology, the delay is still so bad on cable news.
4: Oh, I don't know. Because we are doing terrible. this with like a 32 milliseconds between when I talk and you hear it. So I don't know how these guys are like,
7: oh, hello. Yeah. Well, I think President Trump, first of all, should be credited for saying the right thing. And I think to be fair to him, he has said this throughout the year, not as forcefully as he had in the past week, but in February, everybody get your shot. March, I would recommend it. April, the vaccine is a great thing. July, I recommend you take it. August, once you get the vaccine, you get better. So throughout the year, since he left office, he has said the right thing on the vaccine. What's true this week, I think, Michael, is that it's been far more forceful and it's been done in the face of some booing. And it was done in an interview in which the interviewer, Candace Owens, was about to unfurl A massive conspiracy theory and misinformation about the vaccine, and he interrupted her and he stopped her and he corrected her.
3: Now, what Candace Owens was saying when Trump cut in, what she got out was there have been more COVID deaths during the Biden administration and after the vaccine rollout. How come there are more COVID deaths post vaccine than pre vaccine from COVID in the United States? I don't
7: think that's misinformation.
4: I think yeah, no, that like, seems like a valid question.
7: Right. Vaccine. And he interrupted her and he stopped her and he corrected her and he forcefully made the case for the vaccine. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, the, the Operation Warp Speed was his greatest achievement. One of the greatest achievements of any recent presidency, especially in oh. the face of what we were looking at with the coronavirus, unprecedented uh, crisis facing the
3: country. I mean, I guess but they was, don't want to go back. The, and I guess Warp Speed was better than Obamacare. But what else was it better than not much? <laughs>
4: everything has been better than obamacare
3: yeah but i noticed they didn't
4: they cnn didn't go back and play the clips from kamala harris was the main one i remember although there were other democrat politicians who were like oh a trump
2: vaccine no i'm
4: not gonna take that biden said that okay said that you know i mean there you go that shows you how politicized it is it's like if you will change your mind about some medical procedure Based upon who is president, you're a fucking moron.
3: Yeah, and I think the media is mostly to blame for that because, like, I know I it doesn't matter who's president. Like any vaccine rollout where it's experimental, I would be skeptical regardless.
4: Well, yeah, having data is a good thing.
3: Yeah, like Star I don't Trek. know how that. Yeah, well, if we see, all had personal data. data to run around, like green blood and.
4: You would just tell us what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of irrationality, but, you know, people play into it and people make a lot of money at it on both sides. Scaring the hell out of people was, uh, you know, not a Democrat or Republican issue. That was both. They were doing it for different reasons.
3: They they uh seen and left out this clip of O'Reilly. They played the clip from the same interview, but they left out what O'Reilly says here.
12: We did speak about the vaccine before, uh, because I think um, what happened in America is a miracle. So we're almost two years into the pandemic. What other country has developed a vaccine? China, Russia, Brazil, New Zealand? No one. That is categorically false. China has developed numerous
3: COVID vaccines. Russia has Sputnik.
4: But but have they been? successful vaccines that's the question did he use the word have successful been, i believe he did when i heard him talk about it which again this is uh i can know, the gotcha up, stuff is uh you know it's kind of uh i don't know if it was in that particular clip but i mean i could i could give you a pound of dog shit and say it's a vaccine and uh
5: well if we're to believe china not?
3: their vaccines work better than anybody's because their covid cases <laughs> and covid deaths have been lower than anybody's
4: that's because they kill you if anybody in your family has covid they kill you before you die of covid (laughs) it's a beautiful system russia probably the same way i've
3: heard i mean there's no good not to but that could all be russian propaganda
4: well we don't know just like all the stuff with ukraine now we don't know people on both sides are getting nuts and the world seemingly and there's some very different politically minded people that are all agreeing that Putin's a horrible, evil monster who is doing this stuff with no provocation. And I just don't buy that. I don't buy that we have all of the facts. I mean, Putin's a killer. I don't think there's a question about that. But there's a lot more to the story. Uh, Oliver Stone posted a couple of links to articles. One was from a guy in Australia that worked, that was like the Australian... you know, member that had the, in the consulate in the, in Moscow and worked in Moscow for years. And he had a breakdown, which was very similar to the stuff that Gene said on Unrelenting this week, which was the tribalism going on here. There are factions in the Ukraine that have been attacking Russians and Russia basically had to go in to try to protect the Russian people in Ukraine. Now that could all be bullshit. I don't know. But there's two completely different sides to this story. How do you know which is true? Remember, like, what, two years ago, there was alleged bombing in one of these places, and it turned out the video ABC was showing was a, a firework in Kentucky. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, so, okay, how do you know that what you're seeing is reality? This is gone. You can't believe anything you see or hear at this point.
3: Yeah, and then there's, like, there's not just two sides to this Russia-Ukraine thing. There's, like, 20 sides. I've heard... Oh, the reason Putin's going in is because he's working with Trump, and they're going to get these servers in Ukraine to expose <laughs> Pelosi, Romney, and Biden, and Hunter Biden's Ukraine dealings. And then the yeah, other stuff is like going in to ex- like expose the labs. It's like there's all these crazy theories, and they have about as much proof as uh, this is Putin being evil, I guess. But
4: right. Well, the only thing we do know is that millions of dollars went from Ukrainian companies to the Bidens. That much we know true does that have a connection maybe not but where there's smoke there is usually some kind of fire the fact that there was such a connection between the Bidens and Ukraine and all of a sudden within the first year of Biden's presidency all of a sudden this is going on in Ukraine uh, and then the theories floated that Ukraine goaded Russia into this I mean that would make sense I mean I don't know it could seem like it would just be a way to annihilate a lot of people but There's stranger stuff going on. I mean, there's a lot of people that believe that there's a whole big push to annihilate a lot of people going on in the world right now.
3: Georgia Guidestones, bro. Population not to exceed 500 million. That's what I've always said. It's like, maybe the population isn't over 500 million and they just tell us there's 7 or 8 billion people here to make us think that they haven't actually already won and that there's more than 500 million people on here. I don't know.
4: Yeah, how would you know? Have you counted them? I haven't.
3: Sure thing. I Yeah, exactly. I have not it's all just speculation when you break when you break it down. You really can't even trust not only anything you don't see with your own eyes, but even your own eyes. You can't trust them at a certain point because they got the hologram technology where they could make a fleet of UFOs show up over the White House. And if you're in
4: D.C., you might see them in the sky. Well, yeah, And anything you see on the Internet now, the deep fakes are so good, man. You can't believe anything. Which is why all of this racist racist stuff. Again, I'm slurring like Biden, but all of this stuff where any white guy that says the N word, we have the technology to make anybody sound like they're saying the N word now. And if that's all it takes to cancel somebody, I'd be really careful about. Oh, we have this. Uh, we have this tape of uh, uh, of Sir are saying the N word. Here, we'll play it for you. And then I could play probably it. find that like for you it. myself. The uh, <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. The the. Uh, like one one thing about deepfakes is just everybody when you get a chance and you're by yourself not on a work computer just Google something like Jessica Alba deepfake that's pretty
4: good right yeah. yes definitely don't do it on a work computer yeah if you're married uh, make sure you do it in a private window and you don't um, you don't leave your browser window open I mean it all uh, depends on what's okay in your particular domicile
3: I got oh man I got. I got a handful more. Okay, let's let's do this one. This is uh, this is Bill O'Reilly on Joe Rogan. There, I, don't, I don't remember actually if there's anything I disagreed with here as much as this is just an interesting clip. Uh, well, there was there was one thing, but overall, I'm not I'm I don't have too much a grievance with this.
12: Okay, to be, uh, I understand that Joe Rogan is is a fighting guy and that's his base. Whoopi Goldberg is a good example of a celebrity who has a, a platform on a news program with ABC. And doesn't no much about history to be kind. OK, but somebody is trying to cancel Rogan. OK, and I got canceled and I know exactly the groups that did it. They were paid to do it. But I don't know who's trying to cancel Rogan. Do you know? I don't, but I think the important thing to understand about Rogan and the difference between what Rogan is doing and what other podcasters do is he has an exclusive arrangement with Spotify where Spotify is paying him an enormous amount of money. The number that I've seen is about a hundred million dollars a year. Um, and that double. brings with it some responsibility and it's okay to be uh, skeptical or. Un- do you say double a
3: hundred
4: million? Yeah, and I don't think it's a year. I think the contract was 200 over a a certain amount of years.
12: Yeah. And it's okay to be uh, skeptical or unknowledgeable about the topics and to bring people on to explore those topics and educate yourself from, say, a base of zero. but. Uh, you need to bring on people who are responsible. And I think part of the issue has been he hasn't brought on people who are responsible or uh, who represent the mainstream of scientific knowledge. And, and that's right. where I, I, the I issue agree comes with up. you. If you're going to bring on somebody who says things about covid, which is a life or death threat and those things are out of the mainstream, then you have a responsibility to bring on someone else to balance. And
3: Joe has done this. And the first COVID guy he had on was Ulster Home,
12: who right. said everybody's no, he gonna has.
3: die. And he's had Gupta on. He's had like I would say that three quarters of the people on that talk about COVID push the mainstream narrative.
4: Yeah. Unfortunately for Joe, they basically cut his balls off and made him come out and say, Oh, I could do better. I could do more. I could have more people on from the other side. Oh, I could, I could, I could. And I mean, yeah, I know he likes two, the why money? Is
3: O'Reilly and O'Reilly's guest here saying that, like, well, Joe should have people from the mainstream side of COVID on because it's a life and death situation. It's like he's done mainly that it's only recently that he brought anybody on from the other side.
4: Yeah, well, they don't know. I mean, there's again, O'Reilly admits knowing almost nothing about the the uh, cyberspace and podcasts and all that. So I would blame this on having a research staff that doesn't know what the fuck is going on, just like they told him with the Johnson and Johnson that, well, they were. They were getting out of the vaccine game. And it's like, no, they were pausing in the Netherlands and they're ramping up new places in India. And I think North Carolina, there's one going in to to produce more of the COVID vaccine. So, I mean, every now and then, he's going to get one wrong. To be fair, I've watched his broadcasts, which are four a week, about 40 minutes each episode. I don't think I have missed one throughout all of this COVID And he has been way more accurate than any other source. And it's been very interesting that the overlap. No agenda? This is the interesting point. He has been very much overlapping with a lot of what No Agenda says. I mean, he doesn't get into the crazy speculation. You know, you're not going to be talking about lizard people and stuff like that. But he has been very adamant against the mandates, he's been very adamant about against children being vaccinated, you know, even though like me, he's like, I talked to my doctor, uh, he's 70, what years old or something, 72 years old. O'Reilly is, and he's like, I took the vaccine. I didn't have a problem, but again, it's a personal choice and I can appreciate that, but he's covered it fairly.
3: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good take. I think that's, I think O'Reilly's take then is far better than Trump's take on it. And even Trump says like, you shouldn't be forced to take it, but I think well, anyway, yeah, I, I just think it's it's concerning the the how hard Trump is pushing it. it. Doesn't I've never heard O'Reilly push it.
4: No, I mean he'll give you the facts and figures, and there's people that want to believe what they want to believe. I've talked to doctors when I saw my cardiologist last, and he is uh, a guy that works the local hospital, which is where I first ran into him was when I went in for a you know a simple gallbladder removal and then went into AFib after. So he was the cardiologist that I saw there, and I've continued to see him. And he said that uh, of the people in the hospital at that point, it was down from like 145, you know, a couple of weeks earlier down to like 45 people. But he said it's like 90 some odd percent that are unvaccinated that are the ones that are in there. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, no, that's not true. It's like, I'm just telling you, What doctors are reporting? Could they be lying? Sure. I think the the confusion there
3: is if you've even if you've had two shots, but it's not been two weeks since your second shot, you're still listed as unvaccinated.
4: I mean, which makes sense to a certain degree because they've said all along that that's what it takes for your body to create the immune response to be able to fight it. It's not, you know, it's kind of like when you take a Tylenol for a headache. The headache doesn't instantaneously disappear. It'd be nice if it did, you know, but it might take a half hour to start working. The immune response takes about two weeks. And I, I understand that leads to a whole lot of confusion as well. But, you know, again, you have, if you have a doctor that you trust, you'll go a lot further, I think. And not trying to look for the misinformation and anybody that will sit here and try to tell you that, the vaccines are one hundred percent safe, and nobody's dying from them, and nobody's getting ill from them is an obvious lie because it doesn't matter what kind of drugs you're taking you know, I pointed out from day one it's like some people you have peanuts, you fucking die if you don't have the right medication available well, you've you know, heard a d- simple
3: you've heard uh neurologists talk about potentially why the peanut allergies became prominent in the first place. I have not so Vaccines going back 50 years started using like peanut cell lines. And this is my rudimentary understanding of this. I'm not a doctor or virologist or an immunologist, but, but you vaccine manufacturings, they started using cell lines of peanuts to grow their vaccine cultures on. And so with the antigens in like aluminum and stuff, that is what causes your body to have a severe reaction to know, to train itself against the virus in the vaccine. Right. Since it's got a peanut component to the vaccine, it also makes your body have a completely chaotic reaction cytokine storm when peanuts are around you. So the rise, now, that's of, pe-
4: interesting. Now,
3: the rise of peanut allergies has there been, uh, correlates directly to the timeline of when vaccines became much more uh, universal.
4: Well, that would make sense, and there would be a certain amount of proof because you should have a historical record of people, you know, in the 16, 17, 1800s, before there were vaccines, there would be records of like, hey, little Jimmy ate a peanut and then died. Yeah, you don't really see that. You know, you which is a, that would make it a lot of sense then. How that allergy came around. Medical science, it's not perfect. Anybody again that would tell you all science or any science is perfect, they're also bullshitting you. But you're playing the odds. You're playing the uh percentages The um Scott Adams had an interesting question and I don't remember exactly what people responded in this, but he had a little thought thing because people were really bitching on him uh, for a while. But he's like, okay, if there was a disease out there that killed fifty percent of the people that got it, and there was a vaccine that would make that was a hundred percent effective from that, but twenty five percent of the people are going to die if they take the vaccine. Would you take it, and why? It's a very interesting question, because if you assume that almost everybody's going to get a virus that's going around, that would mean it would wipe out 50 percent of humanity. The vaccine will give you 100 percent immunity, but there's a one in four chance that you're going to die rather than a one in two chance if you get it's really people can't wrap their brains around that kind of stuff.
3: That's such a hypothetical, but I get what he's doing. Because well, none, it is. Of, it's, it's n- a- none of those, like, three or four uh, attributes to that question are reality, but it's just right. a, a hyperbole on all. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a valid thought exercise. I get what he's doing. I, this is the like, only if Scott this Adams were clip reality. I have here. This is
4: my only Scott Adams clip.
10: Fuck you, you stupid cunt.
4: <laughs> I've only watched him a couple of times on his morning sip, which today was one of them. And somebody else said something to piss him off, and he just... I like the fact that he calls him a fucking moron. And He's like, you know, if usually if it's a woman, he's like, I'll use the word that'll get me demonetized. It's like, I appreciate that.
3: I also um, appreciate how he doesn't even raise his voice, and he just does it totally monotone. I think he's a little yes. autistic or something. Something's something going on. Well,
4: and I think that pisses people off more. If they think they're really trying to get you mad, and you're just like... Wow, you're just a fucking idiot. Oh yeah. You're not get you're not even getting to see him angry. You're not seeing the rage. You're not seeing the screaming. You're not seeing the Alex Jones theatrics. You're hoping for that. And then he just dresses you down with the most calm voice. It's 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 it is another way of the uh, you know, it's just another performance type, and I appreciate him. I appreciate both of them. I'll
3: uh I'll finish up this O'Reilly clip on Rogan, and then we can thank, I'll thank some producers. Here. And that's right. where I, I, the I
12: issue comes up. I agree with you. If you're going to bring on somebody who says things about COVID, which is a life or death threat, oh, but, and those things are out of the mainstream, then you have a responsibility to bring on someone else to balance. And I think that is a great point, And Joe Rogan should do that. He does. Second point, he's not making $100 million a year. He's not making anything close to that. So people should know when they read and hear that kind of nonsense to just put it aside. That's all PR, that's all stuff. But he is making more money than anyone else in the podcast world.
3: I think Joe Rogan is making, I mean, if you say just from Spotify, maybe not, but he's- Right, the
4: contract, which is Spotify's is what? Two, I think the latest is 200 million over five years. So that's what, 30 million a year, right? what's 40 million a year?
3: Yeah, but Brogan's also making money from all his stand-up shows yeah. and money from being the main commentator for the UFC. I mean, he's got to be pulling in which between all that 100 was, million easy.
4: I don't know if it would be that much, but it's a lot. It's, yeah. he, as He has fuck you money. I really think he's gotten to the point to where the podcast isn't fun for him, which is sad because it will then come to an end. Because there's no reason for him to keep doing it if it's not fun. He doesn't need the money. Yeah.
3: Well, I don't know. But, it's, it's hard to tell because I know it's fun for him when he has people like Joey Diaz or Tim Dillon or Theo Von. Or it's like comedian friends on, and they could just shoot the shit, get high and drunk. Eddie Brown. Right. Well, that's how it guys. started. Yeah,
4: and they you still know, do that talk, occasionally. But
3: I feel like if it was just about him having fun, he'd still be doing more. He does that sometimes still, but
4: well, I yeah. But there's so like much Rogan pressure, especially now with Spotify. You know, you've got that responsibility to perform for Spotify to bring them the, you know, the listeners to bring them the Well, They want the controversy, no matter what anybody believes, which is why I'm hoping O'Reilly about three or four weeks ago mentioned that he would love to go on Rogan, especially talking about his new book, which is coming out, which is all about killing
3: who this time,
4: killing the killers. This is all about the what, the hunt for bin laden and the way that the united states government went after terrorists and they allegedly talked to a lot of people in the military people involved and it seems like this is going to be a very interesting book for people that are interested in uh what kind of stuff goes on behind the scenes most people just go about their daily lives and don't give a second thought to a bunch of you know jihadists trying to kill them and uh You know, there's people in the government that that's their only job, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to track this stuff, go after those folks. And I think it would be interesting. I would I would think, knowing what I do about O'Reilly and Rogan, that they would have a really good conversation together because they would both challenge each other, I think.
3: Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd like to see that. Uh, I do have. Let me thank some producers, but I have some clips on some of Bill O'Reilly's past books. I got some Alex Jones coming up and uh some a couple other things. Uh well let's take a take a second cuz I and before I thank our two donors today, I got to thank bags for the episode art he did for the last episode 137 with Charlie Robinson and Alex Stein. He had a little round table there with Charlie Robinson as the octopus and Alex Stein with a television set as his head. Uh, very cool art, and uh, I didn't mention it last show, so I need to I need to acknowledge that. And then also, and also, Derek from Double Thought Dimension coming in with donation three thirty three. Thank you, sir. Woo! And a new donor, Silent Bob, is uh, the only name I have. I didn't in I didn't get any notes for either of these. So if you ever want to send a note, just shoot him an email to abs in a 6 at protonmail.com, and if you wonder how to spell that, just go to the contact page on the website at shit That's funny,
4: man. Silent Bob. Kevin <laughs> so, yeah. Smith. Maybe it is the Kevin Smith.
3: it would be cool. He, but Yeah, he came in for 50 bucks. so
4: thank you. Could be. So, Kevin Smith got plenty of cash. If it's Kevin Smith, oh, yeah. I expected oh, a little yeah. more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you would just want him on your show. That would be even better. Oh,
12: I, I like money.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
12: I like money though. But
3: yeah, thank you so much. The um the pot the donations are few and far between, but they are getting to a point now to where I'm almost not losing money to run this. So
4: it's at <laughs> You're least building, man.
3: I'm at least not I'm at least getting to the point where I'm not losing money doing the show. I'm getting close to that. So that's that's at least I can justify it as to as to taking the time to do it because I'm not just throwing money away but i love doing the show and i appreciate everybody that donates and uh, yeah it's much appreciated so thank you silent bob thank you double thought to mention very nice
4: it's all about building a listener base and people that interact and send you all the good stuff send you clips i'm sure people like to do that although i think you you are pretty good at just collecting all those on your own you've got a big catalog there yeah Right. Kick ass. All right. And the clips if they're ninety seconds or longer, that's usually the you had to run to the bathroom or uh or take a quick break.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: don't, don't, don't we give too much
3: information? Yeah. Don't ask what I was doing.
4: <laughs> I don't want to know.
1: None of your f-ing business. That's where I was.
3: Alright. Uh I think that is bullshit.
4: Yeah.
1: Just give me the news and get the out of here. That it's, you
4: you need to send that to Adam. That would be a great end of show, and no agenda drops. Boom! That's the last thing you hear. I'll
3: I'll send that in as a uh, I'll send that as an ISO.
4: Oh no, the Uh-oh. phone
3: is ringing. I was about to. Uh, we'll get to the clips in a second. Maybe we can do it with the caller. Hello, caller, you're on the air. This is Absin Six Pack with Darren O'Neill.
6: With Darren O'Neill.
4: Scientists do science, and podcasters do podcasts.
2: Darren O does does podcast.
5: Seriously,
4: sounds like a a really bad porno.
6: (laughs) I'm serious. We'd have to get some uh, oddball seventies music for
5: that.
4: Oh well, Chris has plenty of that too. Did you hear what he was playing before the show? What no, was our,
6: what was our no, plan I'm, before the I'm, show? I'm still actually at actually at work, but, uh, whatever. What, what are you,
3: what are you doing? What are you doing at work?
6: Just uh hanging out. I, actually, I'm standing I'm standing outside next to our uh 2000 gallon diesel tank for the generator in our building. Oh
4: shit. <laughs> be smoking.
6: I'm trying to hide. <laughs> That's what I'm doing
2: <coughs> Cause Cause I I so to a Just podcast. please God free
6: us from them hey. hey Have you guys ever heard of Wolf Blitzer He does some real hard hitting reporting Wolf
3: yeah
4: yeah, Wolf yeah he was I mean he was a big thing like 10 years ago And I think he's kind of Well being on CNN kind of Ruins anybody's career
6: I think Yeah was it Larry King was he on CNN or was he Headline news Joe no, yeah, yeah okay he, yeah, he was Larry King. Cause he if you ever go through his like uh gas and stuff, some of them are just like cringe worthy, like where he's like uh people like that were had were the victims of like their kids being killed and stuff like that, and then he says like the most like uncaring, unthoughtful things to them, <laughs> but he just blurts out of nowhere, but
5: yeah.
3: Larry uh remember remember the B movie that Seinfeld animated movie where he played a B? Oh yeah, and there yeah. was B Larry King. He had the suspenders and everything.
6: Oh, yeah. Yep. It was pretty good. I think Seinfeld got into his it was some comedian that got into his crap at one time about how like aloof he was about everything. Huh.
3: But Larry King was at the roast of together. Donald Trump. That was, that was another one he was at. They all made jokes about Larry King being a corpse. <laughs> well,
4: he looked like <laughs> one for uh, a long time. He probably well, there no, was. Well, he, well, I don't even. Wasn't it the one with uh, Seinfeld that he fell asleep during the the conversation with Seinfeld? Larry King, I, I think. No, oh, probably. I think maybe
6: he did. Yeah, something like that. I don't. I know. I know. Jerry was kind of getting into because it was like. Uh, I think they were into like their sixth or seventh season of Seinfeld, and he's like, No, oh, it's Seinfeld. Is this like a comedy show? What's it about? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's the kind of questions he would ask.
4: Giddy up.
3: I was just going to play Seinfeld while you guys were talking about it, but if you're done talking about Seinfeld, I will stop the Seinfeld theme songs. I guess that's <laughs> what... I, mean, I didn't really play it for everybody to listen to, it. I just played it as background. If everybody wants to you listen know, to it, here's the Seinfeld get... theme song. I'll
6: go ahead. <laughs> you guys were talking about the vaccine, and uh, they had a doctor here that, like, testified in Lansing. Uh, and she kind of laid out, like, uh, what happened with the pertussis vaccine, which is for whooping cough, and how they rolled that out. Uh, and it was the original vaccine isn't around anymore because of it, and like it the side effects were kind of ignored on it. Get those fucking babies vaccinated!
8: I am at risk!
6: (laughs) One of the things is, is like, she lays out how the pertussis vaccine actually opens kids up to catching whooping cough more than if they didn't have the vaccine really at all. Right, it's like how how there's more polio
3: cases caused by the polio vaccine than the wild polio.
6: Yeah, and she laid out, like, everything that was going to happen, but she did this, like, back in August of last year. And then everything that she said was going to happen pretty much happened as far as the breakthrough cases and the the numbers skyrocketing after, you know, we've got the vaccine out there and everybody supposedly, you know, a majority of the people are, are vaccinated. And then the,
3: well, yeah, it's interesting the Gardasil, to watch the numbers, the Gardasil shot for cervical cancer for women just to make more money they started pushing it on men like joe from obdm two of his doctors were like hey you got to get the gardazil vaccine he's like that's for cervical cancer he's like well yeah it helps with other stuff too wink wink nudge nudge and then it turned out they, they pulled it off the market because people died from it were permanently paralyzed from it
6: what it was it got bill gates their own numbers like they the, the got released Foundation. with the gardazil vaccine
3: their own numbers when they were forced to release them showed that the gardazil vaccine made you like I'm going from memory, but it was something like 3,500% more likely to get cervical cancer than if you hadn't a took it. And that's what it was supposed to prevent. It's like, Jesus.
4: See, I'm not a scientist, but is that bad?
3: Doesn't seem good. <laughs> <laughs> Caller? Yes. How you doing?
6: Caller. This you podcast
4: is making me thirsty.
6: Caller? I'm going to let you guys go. Caller, are you there? Unless you, got, unless you got a question for me.
4: Caller, are you there? If you melt dry ice, yep. can you swim without getting wet?
3: Caller, what are you drinking on today?
6: I haven't had uh, water so far. Not, <laughs> until, not until later. Oh, because you're at work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's gay. 5 o'clock yeah. somewhere.
6: Yeah, work
3: is gay. I'll Work's agree with gay. Sobriety's gay.
4: Turn the frogs gay.
3: The frogs are gay. Everything's
6: gay. Oh, Right. That, that Noah clip that you played too, the Trevor Noah? Yeah. Did he actually say that, that uh, chemtrails are just water vapor?
3: Yeah, yes. he's thinking of contrails.
6: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that's what the jet engine actually exact, ex- exactly exhausts out of the out of the back end of them. Um...
3: Yeah, it's... yeah, last I checked contra like uh water vapor is a little different than nanoparticles of aluminum. And
5: uh, <laughs> yeah, chromide exactly. and
3: shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, caller, before we let you go, uh, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to name your 30 favorite Seinfeld episodes. Go.
6: Oh, my God. Uh, uh, That one, and then there was the other one with that guy, Uh and then there was uh, the one with his uncle, I think, and then that guy that was his uncle, and then some other guy. Oh, and then his parents were on to Kramer. That one episode with Kramer and his parents, that one was
3: awesome. Yeah, it's. uh, I don't think we can count any of those answers, but uh, the correct answer was Soup Nazi. Oh. Not so okay. for you. At least Those are my 30 show, favorite guys. episodes. <laughs> Thank you, Colors. I'll
6: talk to you later.
4: Sir Omaha said he thought the show was over. That happened, like, a half hour ago, Sir Omaha just been coasting, just coasting since then. Pay no attention to the podcasters.
3: All right, here we go. Back to to Bill O'Reilly. Here's one of his books called Killing Kennedy. Remember that one? The President. Yes complete whitewash and this was this when this came out this is when i knew bill o'reilly was a complete shill for the establishment
11: the presidency of john f kennedy comes alive this weekend on the national geographic channel in a docudrama based on bill o'reilly's book killing kennedy rob lowe plays jfk lowe. who's challenged at home and abroad
0: in a matter of days those missiles will be operational we have to act. i will not be pushed not by cruise job not by you or anyone else
7: one thing's for certain, I'm not going to allow nuclear missiles in a backyard. I want to see a limited military option. I want to hear something out of state. You had said a word the whole meeting. I want options
0: in 40 minutes.
11: Bill O'Reilly's latest book in his genre of historic men is called Killing Jesus. Good morning. Hey, guys. <laughs> how are you morning. doing? Great to have you. So um, how do you think the movie turned out? Rob Lowe?
12: Yeah, he's good. Uh, very tough accent to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even more impressive to me than the accent was the uh, body language. Uh, Kennedy had a patrician bearing, a rich guy. Um, When you're uh, uh, raising wealth in America, um, you carry yourself a little bit differently. And Lowe, who isn't, wasn't a wealthy guy. He's a Midwestern guy. Um, Got it. And so I was very impressed with uh, how Lowe handled the whole thing.
3: A known actor versus an unknown actor?
12: Why Rob Lowe? Um, You know... I was the executive producer, but I don't really micromanage uh, Scott Free, which produced it, and they thought he was going to be good. Um, uh, so I said, fine, you know, they know him better than I do.
11: What do, what do you think was the most important thing we learned? about JFK from your book and then what is in this documentary?
12: That there was no conspiracy uh, of a magnitude what? where there were other gunmen. That, you know, Americans are still very confused because there's a lot of money to be made in this conspiracy deal. Uh-huh. But J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI chief, wanted there to be a conspiracy. That's the key to whole, my book and, uh, and the whole thing because then he can control the investigation. Most people don't know the Dallas Police Department control the whole assassination investigation because it wasn't a federal crime. It was a murder. And they messed up. And they messed up big time. Mm -hmm. So Hoover sent 80 agents down with orders to find a conspiracy, find it so I can run this. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't.
11: Yeah. Um, I want to turn to your other book, um, Killing Jesus.
3: I wonder if if Bill O'Reilly talks about in his book, Killing Kennedy, if the FBI had a memo go out to every field office that uh, there was going to be a threat on Kennedy's life in dallas on november 22nd the fbi covered the whole thing up from fucking start to finish and bill o'reilly's like well if there's one thing i want you to take away from my book is that there was no conspiracy hello caller you're on the air what do you think hey, about bill o'reilly's hey, kennedy yeah book? Um,
5: bill o'reilly bill o'reilly just said that he's that there's money to be made in the conspiracy game uh, where where do i get my check <laughs> yeah
3: Well, there's no money to be made in the writing books for Bill O'Reilly game, I guess. I mean, I'm assuming he has a ghost. Does he have a ghost author? Maybe he writes them himself. Do you know, Darren?
4: He has a guy that he works with, Martin Dugard, on most of those. So my guess is uh, O'Reilly gives him a, uh, which is something I recently found out about James Patterson, which is uh, the way Patterson works is comes with a, a big outline and then kind of hands it over to the other writer who does all the work and then uh and then comes back to Patterson for the approval wouldn't doubt that's the way the O'Reilly stuff works so i
5: wonder if CSB is uh has an ai that writes for
4: O'Reilly <laughs> CSB can do anything he has the ai just don't tell him that uh the ukrainians maybe are bad
5: Right. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's uh he's been on a on a tear with the uh, Ukrainian stuff lately.
4: Do not anger do CSB.
5: Know, do we know? Do we know if he's Ukrainian? What? what I this, believe uh, he's Polish.
4: CSB is Polish, I oh, believe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was nice I, that I know, I Poland stepped up.
5: Did Poland Poland step up? stepped
4: up? yeah they stepped up they opened the borders now the interesting thing was obviously poland's a horrible racist country because they were letting all of the ukrainians come across the border without any identification or anything like that but there were reports that there were africans in ukraine that were trying to get over the border as well and poland went no 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 so uh hey interesting what's
3: what's the best way to line up a polish firing squad
4: Tell him to make a circle. What? Yeah,
3: yeah. Have him stand in a circle. <laughs> that was too easy. Ah, uh, God. How do you sink a Polish battleship? I don't know. Put it in the water.
6: Something, something, something screen door. <laughs> right.
4: You need a you need
6: screen a room shot the there.
3: Submarine. What uh, did? <laughs> This does these jokes don't make any sense. I'm I looked up Polish jokes to roast CSB with and none of these make any sense. Like here's this one. How did a or sorry, why did the Polak cross the road? He couldn't to get, get to his, Ukraine. I don't know. What? He couldn't get his dick out of the chicken.
5: <laughs> oh, I got one for you. Yeah. How do you make a Polish plumber cry? How?
4: murder his family. That got dark. There's a reason why this show is not a Spotify exclusive. There is right there a reason why.
5: And see, that joke works for anybody. You can put literally any group with that one.
3: I'm ho- I was like, I yeah, I hoping that people will keep talking, but they just stop as soon as the Seinfeld music well, plays. It's loud. It's like, you're,
4: yeah, you can't, you can't hear over it. You need volume yeah, control. Yeah, you
5: can't really hear, hear over it. I, um, no, I, I, I haven't been keeping up with the Ukraine-Russia thing, um, so I really don't have much idea what's going on.
4: <laughs> All I know Other is George Soros is on the side of the Ukrainians, and that scares me.
5: Huh. I thought... Yeah, I kinda, well, yeah, that's all I true. I know is they use a video game or something for, for footage.
4: That I
6: um, believe.
5: That's all I've heard. Yeah. The, CGI, you know, baby. Video game was, yeah. I haven't even heard the No Agenda episodes about it
3: yet. I'm, I'm busy. Caller, are you on, are you on an airplane? <laughs> yes.
4: Sounds like it.
5: Yes, I'm on a single prop uh, airplane. I'm flying over eastern North Carolina right now, so you know. Anyway, wait, no, really? I'm driving home. So, okay.
4: No, I'm <laughs> so, gonna, it would have been better if you were flying over Ukraine right now, about ready to
2: drop a payload. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just
5: uh, just driving home, and I just got on a
4: uh, eighty mile per hour highway. So. Oh, nice. We're getting some noise. That's the sound of the road. <laughs>
3: Caller, the uh. The sound of
4: the road beneath his wheels.
3: Caller, what are your 30 favorite Seinfeld episodes?
5: Yep. Soup Nazi. The one that showed some titties.
4: Uh, right, Elaine's accidental Lumber slip.
5: Elaine dancing. No, there was an episode where this chick was in a, uh, came out of the water at the beach topless, and there was one frame of pity.
3: So, you're, yeah, so you're more you're more in it for the uh, pornographic aspect than the Jewish aspect, I guess.
5: Yeah, yeah, probably. I um, also I'm a big fan of science I enjoy I enjoy the show, but I don't really know the names of the episodes or
3: anything. Or anything that happened in them, or who the actors are that play anybody. I,
5: I remember individual gags. Gotcha. For the show like when Kramer had the job. That he just happened
3: to show up somewhere, and they thought he worked there, and that was pretty funny because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He was just sitting at his desk eating crackers all day. All right, thank you, oh, caller. Yeah. We appreciate oh. your what? Yep. Did you did you just whatever? It <laughs> he like cut the got... engine. It sounded like you almost got into an accident.
4: <laughs> sounded like the plane
5: stopped. No, there's an undercover undercover cop and a Volkswagen Jetta all riced out over here. <laughs>
3: uh Oh.
4: Drive very safely.
5: (laughs) All right. Peace out, homies. Bye. Nerds. See you, meet us.
4: (laughs) Lavish points out the episode where Denise Richards plays the uh, television executive's daughter, allegedly like 15, with the the really, really big boobs that uh, George stares at the cleavage denise richards not an unattractive woman crazy but not unattractive
3: is she the one that is she the one that plays uh elaine
4: no no that's julia louis dreyfus
3: julia louis dreyfus yeah she's in uh that's who i'm thinking of
4: she's all denise right richards you know from uh you know she's the one the, that the married charlie sheen's Sheen. wife yeah, yeah yeah and she was in that movie with the other one and that they did the scene uh you know,
3: no, I don't know. <laughs>
12: <laughs> I don't know where we
3: left
11: off. The presidency off in this clip of John either. F. Kennedy comes alive this. No, no, not known yeah. Why, Rob
12: Lowe? It's okay. Um,
11: it's okay. Uh, you know, this documentary
12: that there was no conspiracy uh, of a magnitude where there were other gunmen. That, you know, Americans are still very confused because there's a lot of money to be made in this conspiracy deal. But J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI chief, wanted there to be a conspiracy. That's mm-hmm. the key to whole, my book and, uh, and the whole thing, because then he could control the investigation. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know the Dallas Police Department controlled the whole assassination investigation because it wasn't a federal crime. It was a murder. And they messed up. And they messed up big time. Mm-hmm. So Hoover sent 80 agents down with orders to find a conspiracy. Find it so I can run this. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't.
11: Yeah. Um, I to. Oh, we did to-
3: finish this clip. I'll have to cut that out. We did finish this clip. My comment was going to be he made a similar he he had even a worse take on 9-11, which was that uh, it's it's disrespectful and unpatriotic to question the government's narrative of what happened on 9-11.
4: I would guess it's uh, you consider the government is the speaking for that. But Nev Campbell, Denise Richards. Wild Things is the movie. Yeah, that was the, the where the scene. wild things
3: have... are. I read that book as a kid.
4: No, no, not where the wild things are. Just Wild Things.
3: Wild Things. Yes. What was that movie where scene. the trees are all boners and that chick's tits grow?
4: I don't know. You could have just Johnny been no- watching it's
3: got Johnny Knoxville in it.
4: See, I've never seen a Johnny Knoxville movie. I must be missing. You never out.
3: even seen
0: Jackass? No. What?
3: No. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna Listen to all three Jackass movies for the rest of the show, <laughs> and it'll, I'm sure it'll translate hey. perfectly well. Just being able to hear them,
4: yeah, I would doubt that. I would doubt that very much.
3: But yeah, we need to not.
4: do a, uh, we need to do a radio series, a radio play. We were talking about that on Planet Rage, The Morning as well. Zoo. No, oh, see the, the Morning Zoo. I mean that would be good for like little clips and stuff. The Morning Zoo. I think people don't understand how hard that would be to keep that going as if you were doing a real morning zoo with the hey hey, hey how you doing what's the weather today hey, what's what's going on in the entertainment world that would get old quick but i think a scripted little uh like old time if you ever listen to any old time radio you know we just follow the adventures of whoever these characters are it would kind of be seinfeld but just audio and we'd have fletcher and me and you and jennifer and carolyn blaney and would be a uh, so you're talking about little... meat is
3: pod, but make it not good.
4: Yeah, <laughs> no, make it good. Actually, uh, you got that backwards. But yes, like meat is pod, but interesting. I think meat is pod is good, but this would it be is. a comedy version of that. Yeah, meat does good stuff. I'm just busting those balls. But yeah, no. do a in that in that realm of the old time radio. I mean, we, we don't want to do anything uh, you know that would offend people like Amos and Andy. But you can do. All sorts of uh you know different things and just have uh, just have some fun with it. Yes, radio plays are the shit, lavish. It's theater for the mind. You can get all you know, this is where all your sound effects and all your little clips would come in. You could do a little, you know, live presentation, and you'd be like, Oh, we follow our hero, Sir Seed Sitter, as he gets home from work. The kids are crying, <laughs> his wife is yelling at him, ah, you fucking bum! And then you know you go through. You have a story. You have fun. I thought this was supposed to be fictional. <laughs> You're like, this is. a... How do you know? Do you have a? Do you have a camera in my house? Are you yeah. watching what's going on here? For we real. are. It's actually it's a it's I'm a pay per view thing I, we've
1: got going. I'm just in a horrible mood. I smoked a ton of crack last night. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to
4: smoke a ton of crack. You want to keep that moderate. at a lower level. A small yes, amount of crack level. is
3: good. Doctor recommended.
4: Yes. Too much crack will clog your arteries you don't want that to happen
3: yeah
13: reporting to murder on yeah. abs six abs and a in a pack
3: uh okay i, I I'm, I'm i i gotta get these out of the way i don't even remember what this is but it's from the young turks i labeled it tyt so i know what t- the young turks <laughs> <here>. <laughs> that's Bill professionalism was discussing hate speech on his pro sorry i cut you off there
4: what I was just saying this is professionalism like, oh, yeah. here's a clip I have no idea what it is
3: TYT is, it's labeled TYT I'm it's assuming it has tight. something to do with O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly so was discussing- I got all this this morning on an O'Reilly kick
9: Bill O'Reilly was discussing hate speech on his program
0: recently and he decided to bring up someone uh, let's take a look and see if we can identify them
2: You know what it's like to go to sleep every night knowing you work for a bunch of psychotic killers and you bastards are probably going to end up killing me one day?
12: Hate speech. Now Facebook (laughs) is apologizing for allowing it worldwide. But can anything be done to stop the hatred, which is directly linked into the IRS Tea Party scandal? Oh my god! By the way, really fast, this is gonna date me. I don't know the comedian
0: Sam Kinnison. Yes, was that yes. not Kinnison right yeah, there? Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> he that's
4: awesome. It didn't sound
5: like oh. Sam. Oh.
2: No. <laughs> Say it! Say it! That was it. a Sam
6: copy. Okay, uh, totally. Uh, yeah. So uh, that one that was awesome. Uh-huh. The, the way they did Alex it was like doo-doo, doo-doo, <laughs> <when the laughs> face hey, gets speed, right, red.
2: Okay, uh, so. I wonder if Alex Jones is going to respond to that. And I wonder if he's going to remain calm as he does so. And now Bill O'Reilly has come out. And said it's time to shut down hate speech in America. And then played a clip of me completely out of context. This is a guy who put caller ID on his radio show that was unpopular and failed. And if someone disagreed with him, he's such a bully punk. I'd like to get in a boxing ring with Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, I see challenge now that's you ironic, right? Paper... <laughs> he's such a bully punk. I wish I could kick his ass. Like, come on, I mean, he has to know what he's doing, right? He has he to know the Alec character. He is. He's
3: like Alec Baldwin. I'll get you in a boxing ring right now. I'll break your jaw. I'll break your nose. I'll break your
2: neck. <laughs> I'd like I to get in a boxing you. ring with Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, I challenge you to a pay-per-view boxing match. You think you're so tough? You know, your dad was a you know tough Irish cop beat you up. You say, "Well, come on, you think you know you're a lot bigger than me. Let's get in the ring, buddy. In fact, you can bring one of your buddies. Cause I can only wake up when there's two <laughs> people to fight. You and whoever you want in the ring. Let's go, punk. All so right, well, you Jones think you're wants so to come tough,
4: wrestle with a couple guys. Probably wants <laughs> them to be oiled down too.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't have my uh, I don't have that many homoerotic background musics to play while he's talking here. Hmm. Yeah, nothing. I got nothing. I'll have to work on that.
2: All right, you think you're so tough, you try to intimidate your guests, you get in their face, you turn their mic off, you get in their face and poke your finger in their face, you big fat bully. You want to start a fight with me, punk? Huh? (laughs) You punk? You think you can shove me around? You're a coward, and that's why you'll take me out of context and call for Facebook to censor. You're a coward, punk, rat bastard. (laughs) This is probably
3: my favorite catfight so far. I
9: just
0: love the idea of them going back and forth. And also, so he mentions there, you take me out of context.
3: When you're doing this on your show, how important is the context, really? You look like an idiot.
12: That's an interesting point,
3: John.
4: Hey, he's got a point there. But it's interesting. I don't know how long. This seems like this was maybe back still from the Fox days. because Nine uh, years ago or something. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, lately, O'Reilly has been very much against the big tech censorship. So it's very he's gotten very no agenda. He is uh, going down a lot of those same rabbit holes.
3: And I think uh, to agree with you there, I think my most of my huge problem with O'Reilly is based on the O'Reilly that I would see on Fox where he would be defending the government, defending the Iraq war. Um, I'd, I'd be curious to hear if his opinion opinions on like Kennedy and 9-11 has changed. Cause I know like he is night and day from nowadays, the O'Reilly that I picture when I think of Bill O'Reilly, he is more of not necessarily uh, he he did like what Rush did or what Tucker did where they went more uh, conspiratorial is a bad word to describe it. But they, they started actually questioning the establishment narrative
4: Yeah, well, it's interesting when you see uh, anybody that's on Fox News, CNN, all of these now, the biggest people that are putting money into advertising are the medical stuff. And you know there's certain stuff that just can't be said. So even people that think they're uh, completely above and beyond that, you're not. There's stuff that you're not going to be allowed to say on your own program because the network's going to overrule you. So it is interesting when, you know, when you look at guys like Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak of No Agenda, they're their own boss. So they're saying what they believe. Are they always right? No, but I believe they're saying what they believe. Now that O'Reilly doesn't have the corporate bosses, I think he's saying what he believes. I think Glenn Beck didn't have as big of a change, oddly enough, between CNN and Fox in his own bit. But I think that's probably why he got fired from CNN and Fox is because he wouldn't play the same game, which is why he didn't last 20 years or whatever O'Reilly lasted at Fox. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Once you get to do your own thing, you are more unencumbered by all of the uh, the craziness and people telling you what you can and can't say. And, you know, you just hope that uh, will attract an audience. O'Reilly still has some sponsors, but it's... At a much lower level, it's mainly people that are subscribing. See my much to he does run a, a use. I haven't seen one in a long time, but there was a time when uh, you know a my pillow ad would run during the shows, but that, not as much as the blaze. I mean, if you watch the blaze TV, it's like every ad break there's going to be a my pillow ad. It seems the guy spends money on ads. I guess I don't know. Are the pillows any good? I've never tried one. Spencer and Lorian each
3: got one, I, I, if I remember correctly. Um, I have not used a MyPillow. I should have asked him to bring it to the Nashville meetup so I can maybe try it out. Yeah,
4: but yeah, I could have had like a big sleep up. It'd be nice. It'd be fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah, not, I've not tried a MyPillow. You remember when Mike Lindell was on Kimmel and Kimmel just tried to clown him and Mike Lindell was such a good sport and Kimmel
4: was just a complete asshole? You know, I used to like Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, back in the days of man the man show, show he was yeah. funny. Yeah. You know, and it was, we knew what the slapstick slapstick humor was. And he's just gotten so much down his own rabbit hole. It's like, dude, do you not remember that you were the guy that used to do blackface and do, you know, Carl Malone and used to do the, you know, bouncing titties and all this stuff that he used to do. It's like, you know, uh, that doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, maybe you've grown a little bit, but... You know, this all this stuff where all the race, especially the, oh, well, you know, I don't think Jimmy Kimmel was a racist because he did a Carl Malone impersonation. That's one guy. You're doing an impersonation of one guy. You know, when a kid wants to dress up, uh, you know, if a little white girl wants to dress up as Princess Jasmine from the Disney movie and wants to put on a little tanner, I don't think it's because she hates that person of that color. It's like, no, you want to emulate that. There's so much stuff that we've pulled context out of that makes no sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you just said, but I wouldn't let my kid do that.
4: (laughs) Well, no, you can't now because of what's surrounding it. But it's like you when you look at the context and when this from the minds of, you know, a kid, they're not thinking I want to do this because it's horrible. It's like this. They think it's good. You know, any kid that was growing up in Chicago, you know, little white kid when Michael Jordan was playing here, it's like, fucking hey, that's the best guy ever to play basketball.
3: But it, it, it's beyond just doing like black, unless you're Justin Trudeau, then I guess you're uncancelable. But right. the uh, yeah, well, always sunny in Philadelphia. Going back to how we started off the show, they uh, they had a they did three or four Lethal Weapon remakes in an episode. This is the, the gang remakes Lethal Weapon, and they did Blackface. Well, uh, to play uh, Donald Glover or Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Danny well, there's
4: Glover. Donald Glover's the guy that was on the community, right? That Child, was, yeah, uh, Childish
3: Gambino. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Danny Glover, to play him, they did uh, Blackface. And they're playing a character playing Danny Glover in Blackface. And even that, Hulu and FX took off all those old episodes. So then Always Sunny in the new season had an episode come out where they remake Lethal Weapon again. <laughs> they're like, I can't believe they banned the episode. Uh, maybe we shouldn't do another Lethal Weapon. Better to let sleeping dogs lie, and then the credits go up, and it's like the gang makes Lethal Weapon Eight or whatever.
4: I mean, people uh, just need to uh, find different things to find offensive. And like, uh, just you, we just mentioned uh, Trudeau, and we were talking about O'Reilly lately. O'Reilly cannot call him by his name; it's always Little Justin now. Which again, is very no agenda ish to me. What's Larry calling covers- Trudy or something? Uh, Me, I think so. But when O'Reilly, it's different. Where it's like little Justin, yeah, you know, it's like it's like that's uh, yeah, I get it. It's (sighs) it's an interesting form this this podcasting, doing news, trying. It's very weird because I do it, and podcasting was a you know I grew up listening to Jonathan Brandmeier. So for me, doing the bits like all the crazy shit you do, I enjoy that the most. When you just go in and you do crazy stuff and you try to make people laugh. When you try to combine that with news, it's way harder because you're much, much easier to offend people or then they don't want to take you seriously. It's like, how do you present the news in a way that will keep people engaged, not bored to death, but can also be entertaining? It's not easy.
3: Yeah, I. um. Wow, that's you know what? Now that you bring that up. You ever shopped at a McKay's? Yeah.
4: No, what is it
3: to use DVD, CD, vinyl
4: and bookstore? Damn, we don't have any of those. I'm always looking for a good used vinyl store.
3: Yeah, that we used to have this place called the disc exchange and uh, yeah, here
4: too. Then they yeah, went bankrupt.
3: Th- yeah, they shut it down here too on uh, downtown Knoxville. Well, that used to be my favorite place to shop. I mean, it's probably good that it shut down because I used to waste like half
4: my paycheck there. <laughs> but, well, it's easy. I used to do that on CDs and then it was like, so oh wow, you vinyls. could download everything. Yeah. But then vinyl came back and it's like, oh shit.
3: Dude, when vinyl came back, I started blowing so many paychecks. I worked at a record store too, so we got everything for <laughs> like a dollar more than what the store paid for it. And oh, I was, Well, that's I, nice. Yeah, it was great, but I bought so
4: much dumb stuff. Um Yeah, but, but yeah. it's vinyl, man. The vinyl shit. Oh my god. Thanks
2: for calling the McKay's to hear your phone menu options. Please press one now. For our normal, current business hours, please press 1. For our location, please press 2. For answers to frequently asked questions about how buying, selling, and trading works, please press 3. What to leave fuck? a message, keeping in mind that we are unable to do inventory searches or give estimates over the phone, please press 4. Oh my God. Please press 0 if you'd like to hear these options again.
3: They don't even have – it. you can't even – nobody picks up the phone there. Okay, well, that's good.
4: No real person, right? Wow. No real person.
3: I thought – I figured since it's like a small business, like, they would just have somebody pick up the phone. We spend a lot of time calling, like, uh, casting agencies in Hollywood, pitching terrible shows like Autistic Jeopardy and stuff. (laughs) Nice. Drunk bowling where we get, like, you know, high school kids hammered and middle school kids hammered and taking bowling. And that's like doing a lot of prank calls on here. I've realized like the, uh, the Hollywood people that like they will stay on the phone with you, no matter what you're talking about. <laughs> like we were just like, we want our host to be circumcised and have a lazy eye. And they're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's interesting.
4: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Tell yeah, me more.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we can find someone like that for you. It was like, wow, you guys just don't give
4: a shit. Hey man, they are trying to fulfill your order. Especially if you're calling like agents and stuff like, yeah, we're doing a project. <laughs> we need a uh, a three foot four Korean guy with a mullet and, uh, and piercings. <laughs> he has to have nipple piercings. That would be uh, they're like, oh, wait, yeah, we'll get you with hung foul, man. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty somebody. Wild. Yeah, it's a beautiful business, but they fucked it all up. Have Podcasting been- is the future of entertainment and the future of news. Let that sink in. Do you think
3: it'll you'll ever see a point where uninterrupted no no commercial podcasts
4: will be on cable television? It's kind of already happening. I've noticed this watching the state of the union especially which I watched the live feed on Rumble from the first TV because they're the ones that rerun O'Reilly's episode every night. And he was going to be on after so I'm like well okay I'll just tune into theirs coverage of the state of the union. They had one of their other hosts like making rude comments and stuff while Joe was speaking. It wasn't really funny, but this is also part of the new uh news landscape, I guess. But flipping around to channels like Newsmax, The First, and there's a few other ones like One American News. They don't look right. They don't look like professional television would look. And it kind of reminds me of You know, if all of the folks I know that do like podcasts would get together and pretend to do a news network, it's kind of what it would look like. So I think we're already there. You just need multiple people to do the shows, and uh, it wouldn't be hard to have a network like that.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe, I don't know. Maybe we could. uh, I mean, I and that's the thing. I think I'm assuming you're the same way. It's like I don't really have an interest in bringing a video portion. But I, I think like a, a podcast network on cable would do pretty well. Oh, oh maybe yeah, this is McKay. caller. Oh, hello, is this McKay's? Hi,
13: do you guys want to start a news network?
4: But not uh, a good one.
3: A podcast network on the cable oh. news, in the cable news space.
4: NVIDIA is oh, not God, a bad idea no. because I think there's way more people that watch than listen.
3: Wait. What if we or, did a whole? What if we had a whole network? We we could get like twenty or thirty podcasts on it, but they all are always about Seinfeld. You
4: know? Well, and can we have anime chicks that uh, are the, like the Talking Heads?
13: Wait, wait, That'd wait, be wait. Cool. It's like anime chicks that are Talking Heads that are in the voices of the Seinfeld characters, talking about right. how dinosaurs are fake.
4: Right, that's and then what our, some news stories. That's what our you'd, have to, be. you'd have to put some news stories in <laughs> just to keep it fresh.
3: Well, the only the news story would always oh. be dinof- dinosaurs are still fake. Everybody.
13: A day in, day out, breaking news. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs still, still fake.
1: fake. Rock and roll, motherfuckers! Rock and roll.
13: How you doing, Darren? Long time no talk.
4: Hey, doing good. How you doing?
13: I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, are y'all doing a uh, a video feed for unreality, or was I making that up in my head?
4: No, there's uh, there've been attempts. We had uh, sometimes Gene doesn't hit the right button, and uh, we do have the plan on doing video. I think we're supposed to be doing Fridays regularly now at like 9 a.m. Central, and I think we're gonna try video. At least just on our end to make sure this all gets down and looks good, and then once we're uh, yeah. a little more comfortable with that, uh, and then uh, and bring that product online. I mean, it's harder for me than Gene because with only one good eye, trying to like read a computer screen. It's like I can't like not move around to one of the other screens, and uh, so if there's ever anything I have to read, it's a pain in the ass. But I, I can usually fake most of it with uh, just being prepared. Thank you. Thank you for calling.
13: I got you. Yeah, I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I tried doing um, a live stream. I was trying to live stream me playing some Left for Dead, but my internet connection was not having it.
3: Uh, what so, are you playing on? What do you? I, um, I want to play some Left for Dead with you. Uh, Laptop. Uh, I still got it on the Xbox.
4: Damn. Oh.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. I
13: oh. love
4: connection missed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: that's where I, in the the I, I think for.
4: I think for some people that's hell. The Seinfeld theme going over and over and over on repeat. You want to disperse crowds in the Ukraine? Play the oh.
5: Seinfeld. Yeah,
13: yeah, dude. I will. I will come out on record and say that I, I, I am not a Seinfeld guy. I've tried giving it some loving. I just can't get into it.
3: Curb your enthusiasm is better because it doesn't have a laugh track. And it's just better writing. <laughs> yeah. What
4: yeah. about Letter Kenny? How about that?
3: Letter Kenny's good. Uh,
4: I, no, it, it is good.
13: I, I tried to watch the first couple episodes. I thought they were pretty funny, but I, I just, I never came back to it. I don't know what it is. Granted, I don't, I don't watch a ton of TV. There's too many podcasts to listen to.
3: <laughs> well, that's why really, I, I don't know. I, I, I there... have my TV Wait. on, and I have a podcast in one earbud while i watch tv to listen to a podcast so i have, right. i watch tv while i listen to a podcast in one ear and in the other ear i uh i just what do I, I don't know i do something else listen to music that's what i do
4: yeah you know are there a lot of good podcasts i mean yeah. i don't really know where to find them i i mean i heard this one show uh that was called behind the squeams i mean these guys <laughs> yeah you don't want to hear that show it is it's, <laughs> it's just offensive in every way <laughs> that lavish guy? I mean, Man. I don't even know what planet he was on. Could
5: be
2: Lavash. Could be, be Lavash. Could be lavish.
4: lavish. Lavish from the planet Lavash? That's <laughs> lavish interesting, lit. yeah. Yeah. Lavish, uh,
2: lavish.
13: lavish, of course, is short for Leviticus.
4: <laughs> you did not know that. We're getting biblical on our ass now.
13: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be our 100th episode. We're going to have a 16 hour live stream debating. Uh, Catholicism and Protestantism. Uh, uh, I can't even say it, but
4: you know what I'm saying. And the <laughs> Bible tells us that they are. That's going to bring in a big crowd, man. That is going to be a great <laughs> story. That's nobody's going to be offended at the end of that one. <laughs> oh, you, hey, right. everybody, if let's talk mistaken. religion. My religion's better than yours. Tell me why. Call in now. <laughs> yeah.
13: Um, as far as I'm aware, we're still the only show that has a uh, viewer discretion is advised tag at the beginning of uh, every episode. So I think that covers us, man. Anyone ever That's gets it you know what? That's true. Episode. I don't think
3: I, I don't think anybody else d- does that at least in audio form at the beginning. Everybody else just like checks the box to say like mature audiences or whatever it is.
4: Right, or you could just start yeah. a podcast like it's this.
11: Awesome. So what's pissing you off this week?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
13: Uh, I got to hit up Dane Jennifer for some, uh, get her to record some ISOs for us. I'm going to get it right. You know, I want to make sure we do the right thing.
4: So. You're going to do it Period. right. You should do it right.
5: Fuck it. We'll
3: do it right. <laughs> we'll do it live. Well, you have to, anytime you hire a woman voice actor, you, before you have a record, you got to make sure she's not on her. Period. Yeah. That was a stretch. Yeah, oh, I, the, the timing was horrible
2: Ugh. there. I didn't even... The, oh, my gosh. Oh. The joke didn't
4: land. Yeah. <laughs> you, are you in a fire alarm Did building I... or something?
3: That's just my buzzer. To get, but every time I make a bad joke, I hit the...
4: Well, that should have been way more. I should have heard that way more times already today. Oh, yeah.
12: <laughs> Caller, you need uh, to get the
5: hockey oh, one. Man.
3: Hockey it up. Caller, um what's your <laughs> what's your thirty favorite Seinfeld episodes? None of them.
13: Uh prob- Do you remember so back in the first episode, if you go back thirty episodes, those are the ones I really appreciate. The
3: pre so episode so it's the first one. thirty.
13: See, yeah, that's what no,
3: no caller today that. has done, what you just almost did, which is go episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, episode five, episode six, episode seven, episode eight, episode nine, episode 10, episode 11, episode th- 12, 13, but 14, you really 15, have to 16, say 16 episode- 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, episode 28, episode 29, and episode 30, that's like just, you know. But if you're nobody- adding
4: episode, you can't get that into 30 seconds. Now, if you're Joe Biden, it would be like, when is 30
3: International pressure. Oh,
13: uh, did y'all see the way Nancy Pelosi was shaking, like rubbing her wrists
5: together? During oh the my season? God,
4: what was that, bro? I and it was know, about man. like it, it was about inhaling toxic fumes from burn pits, and she's like, Aah! "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> It was like she was misreading this. It's like she fell asleep and woke up thinking this was a part of a speech where she should be getting up to cheer. And then she didn't know what to do, so she rubbed her wrists together like she was trying to start fucking kindling on fire. I think she's a bunch of gerbils and snakes
3: in a skin suit. It was very weird. Oh,
13: wow. Yeah, I I, I really don't know. <laughs> I just I saw the, the short little clip and... Uh, What was what was that word they always used to use to describe Trump? It was like deranged or something.
4: Right. Yeah. That Trump did Yeah. Well, and then I liked that somebody took the video when Biden meant to say Ukrainians and said
2: Iranians, <laughs> said Iranians and then they yeah,
4: yeah they zoomed in on Kamala, Kamala Harris, Harris and her face
3: could have exploded, and she mouths the word Iranians. I mean, she's like, "What the,
4: the fuck it. is this guy saying?" Yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs.
13: Oh man, it's. I mean, i I used to think that the memes wrote themselves, but I, you know, I just don't know anymore. I don't know what to make of these clowns. It's uh, just bizarre. It's utterly gobstoppingly bizarre.
4: Uh, don't worry they're in charge
3: well yeah. bring I on think, the nukes that's what i say i'm yeah. ready for them.
13: oh i i was gonna say my favorite seinfeld episode is where they have a two-hour discussion about sandy hook i think that's probably my favorite one
3: <laughs> yeah that's on the you gotta you gotta look in that's that, the that, extra that's, the dvd extras yeah that's on the uh <laughs> that's in the box set but it never Directors made it to The commentary here. Yeah,
4: where George talks about his love for Alex Jones and and all things Alex.
13: Yeah, has a uh, has uh, has Sir Sir have been able to red pill you on Alex Jones today, Darren?
4: No, no, I, I think he failed on ah, that. But no, you know what? I think Kramer would be more of an Alex Jones guy than George.
3: Yeah, George would definitely be a Bill O'Reilly guy,
2: right? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> right? I mean, look at him, God. I mean I'm
4: not saying that Alex Jones isn't a sexy man but uh you know uh, not not
2: buying into it yet. I, I would literally not be able to finish my dinner if some, if somebody walked over and talked to me that looked like these two guys. Now I remember on
4: episode 100 you were told that you could get Alex on the show Has that happened yet?
3: Uh no. Well, Alex was said he'd come on any we wanted to, and he uh, still hasn't.
2: Danger. Danger. Oh. Alert. Alert. I am a scumbag.
4: I am filth. <laughs> since he said that, I'm betting you've asked like 14 times a day since he said that, and he hasn't come on?
3: I He's hard, I can't get a hold of him. What I'm going to have to do is call into the show and play him the clip. I'm
4: going to have <laughs> to call into saying... in the show
3: and play him the clip of saying, I'll come on whenever you guys want. <laughs>
4: You know the you know his producer that got him on the phone with you is going to fire him.
3: Yes,
13: sir. Rob D
3: is going to fire him. <laughs> Rob D going to fire Alex.
4: No, I mean Alex is going to fire him. Yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, he's going to be like, yeah, you get out of here. No, no. no. Oh, God. You, w- yeah, re- <laughs> be like uh, Alex, if you'd like to come down to uh, Tennessee, I'd like to rub some oil on you, and uh, maybe we could uh, get a beer and uh, and smoke some meat or something, you know. But, but, but first. Smoke some
13: male vitality.
4: Yeah, they'll be smoking something. Don't off. you worry, man. They rub it together enough. They'll be smoking something.
3: But I accidentally no, got you
2: my. can't rub the stick.
3: I accidentally got my rubbing oil confused with gorilla
4: glue.
2: I can't pull oh. it off.
4: I can't. You and Alex getting together, I can't man. You'd be pull st- it off. Yeah, you guys, man. That would you. That, although you could then tell him every thought you have because he can't get away.
2: <laughs> hey, you glued yourself to my penis. Why did you do that? Is that funny? It's pretty funny. I pledge before my heavenly father right. that I, 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 I that I will resist them every way I can. These people are the literal demon spawn of the pit of hell.
3: All right, caller, we're going to let you go. We got
5: to. The. 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 Yeah.
4: To find out more, tune in to Behind the Squeams.
13: Behind the. Squeeze? All right. Thanks for letting me call in, y'all. Hope y'all have a good rest of your show. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye bye.
3: Adriva Derchi. Oh, the, the 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 are you
2: stuttering? The 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 is that like the Porky Pig the? thing? The 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 sorry. All right.
4: Are you on some kind of drugs?
3: I got to caught We
4: not enough. That's the problem. Oh, see right. Up your dose. Up the dose. I am not Thanks a doctor. Not taking- Thank you for.
3: Hello.
11: Sorry, one more. Sure, I'll connect you with a Best Buy team member.
3: Thank you. To get you
11: to the right one, please choose one of the following using your touchtone pad. For help with a recent purchase or an order you already placed, press one. For tech support or computer repair, press two. For appliance or home theater repair, installation or delivery, press three. For Geek Squad billing, renewals or subscriptions, press four. For my Best Buy points and certificates, press 5.
3: All of these so far are going to, to take me to availability,
11: a robot. Make a purchase or get help choosing a product, press 6.
3: Help choosing a product.
11: Just a minute.
4: Are we looking for sex dolls?
8: The current <laughs> estimated wait time to speak with a store care operator is less than 5 minutes.
4: Oh. <gasps> what That's me? annoying. All right. Oh.
12: love getting up in the morning to Darren O'Neill.
3: I don't know notes. try to play percussion on the harmonic and it doesn't work
4: you gotta blow harder
2: (laughs) do it bring me 15 hookers now and get the drugs ready you're jewish right look at him I mean look at that face i know your mustache is cool oh my there is God. absolutely no
9: news to discuss there is nothing that i want to talk about because all the news is the same old the world's burning down the end is nigh we're all gonna die we're all gonna die and i don't care let's all die in peace let's all die in silence no need to make a big fuss about it Jeez. It's so self-important Oh, we're going to die. Let's scream about it. No, let's just die like like civilized people. Let's just embrace the, the sweet
4: relief of death. I can't pull it off. Who is that? Bandrew. Bandrew no. Scott. That's good. Of the Bandrew Says Podcast or the podcasted YouTube channel.
3: This is the problem with prank calls that I always run into unless you call... It's like every everything's automated, and there's always call wait. Like, uh okay. oh, okay. Here you go.
1: Thank you for calling Best Buy. This is. How can I help you?
3: Hi, hi. Uh, this is Jefferson. I'm here with my uncle Richard.
6: Number nine.
3: Hello. Hello. Hi, yeah, we are uh, we were wondering, we're looking for the Seinfeld DVD box set. We were wondering if we could actually buy it individual disc-by-disc disc for each episode, one disc per episode. We were wondering what your favorite Seinfeld episode is, or what you would recommend, or maybe if there's somebody there that's a Seinfeld aficionado. Uh, let me get you to that
13: department, okay? One moment.
3: Do it. It sounds like they have a Seinfeld department. I started talking it about Seinfeld. Seinfeld. She's like, let me get you to that department, the Seinfeld department. <laughs>
2: There's still time to call the church and call all this off. And I swear total resistance to you with everything I've got.
8: Ah! (laughs) I know half
7: America right now is going,
8: what are we watching?
2: Please
8: continue to check on BestBuy.com as they will be available for purchase as soon as we have them available.
2: I'm serious.
11: Thanks for calling.
13: You're welcome. Just whispered. I think you calling Best Buy sales. My name is Sam. How can I help you today?
3: Hi, is this the Seinfeld department? Sorry? Uh, well, this, I'm, I'm going to put my uncle on the phone, actually.
6: Number okay. nine. Number nine. Number nine.
3: Uncle Richard. They, I think they have your Seinfeld DVDs. He was looking for a certain one, though. Number nine.
6: Number nine number
3: 9 do you have episode i guess number 9 of seinfeld from season
6: 1 okay <laughs>
4: i guess not <laughs> dude didn't even be like what's this
3: all about number he 9 just
4: jettisoned.
3: yeah i just i don't I, you know what I should have done as soon as you picked up?
4: <laughs> uh, How you doing, everybody? Welcome to the Seinfeld department here at Best Buy. Uh, <laughs> we we sell the individual episodes. Actually, we bring the DVD to your house. We let you watch whichever episode you want, and then we just take it back. No, that's a service people want. Ooh, you know, people just stream this shit now, right? Stream what? See, that would be what I would expect on Se- <laughs> the guy from NBC. Stream what? like Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, like you know, you could just get fucking Hulu, dude. You know, I mean, way better.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, if it's it's not it's not Hulu, if it's Seinfeld, you know what it is.
4: If it's not Hulu, it's what?
3: If it's on if if it's Seinfeld, it's not going it to be on Hulu. It's going to be on Jubaloo. Yeah. All right. Damn. I'll be here all week. No shit.
4: Rage Hotline.
11: If you know the extension that you want and are using a
1: touch-tone phone, please dial it now or hold the line and your call will be answered as soon as possible.
3: Hold
13: the line. If you wish to speak to a book warehouse sales associate, press one. And Hold can the line. Manager- hold the
3: line. I'm holding the line. I was like, why are all the Christian bookstores closed, according to Google? And then I was like, oh, because it's Youth Group on Wednesday night.
11: Thank you for calling the book warehouse.
3: Hi, yeah, um, we had a couple questions to ask you, uh, just real quick. Um, Okay. Yeah, first of all, um, your favorite uh, Seinfeld episode, if you you know that.
10: No, I, I haven't watched Seinfeld in a long time.
3: Oh, okay, well. Uh, Why can... all the
11: rage?
3: we we'll moved around to round two. Uh what's you? Hello?
4: Kids, yes, that was that was the only question you get.
11: Ma'am? So, what's pissing you off this week?
4: Ma'am, are you
3: still I... there? Uh. I heard the
5: sound of the phone going down. <laughs>
4: That sounded like an old-fashioned phone, too.
3: Yeah, it had the click and everything. I know. It was great. Oh, you know what? Ah, I forgot to do the thing again. Oh. What? I you, just keep...
4: Your wife has said that as a big problem for you. Yeah. <laughs> you I keep forgetting to do the to thing. Do the, thing. Uh, the thing. Yeah.
3: And the, the, th- the stuff. That's the main one. Yeah, it's well, not just the thing. It's the
2: stuff. If you don't do the stuff, you got a big, big problem. The the Bible tells us that.
11: The person you have dialed can't take your call now. At the tone, please okay, record a, your message.
3: I was going to call uh, the God's Corner and just play them the Seinfeld theme song but, and ask them what their favorite episode was. But I think we, I mean, we got at least two answers from callers today about their favorite Seinfeld episode. So I feel like all in all, well done. Every, every, the mission has been accomplished.
13: Uh, well, hello.
3: Uh, what else do we need? Oh, you know what? This is the most what? important question of all. What was Bill O'Reilly's favorite Seinfeld episode?
4: Killing Seinfeld. <laughs> now you're an American.
3: That I, That's probably, that's gotta be a book if it's not.
4: Eventually. I'm sure it will be. He'll get around everybody. Oh, the guy sold millions of books, man.
3: From the AV Club, Bill O'Reilly punches up Seinfeld. At night, when Bill O'Reilly is sound asleep beneath a banquet of his surplus XXL cursor varsity jackets and laying on a bed almost entirely out of the spin stops here golf balls, thanks to a rambling, thoroughly untethered and logical structure, personal memoir, a bold, fresh piece of humanity, we now know that at least one thing Bill O'Reilly is still irrationally angry about the Seinfeld finale. There's a whole AV club article about this. Who would have thought
8: head for a tree, get your ass up in the air. He's
12: going to gut you.
3: As you may remember, though you may not remember it happening 10 years ago, Seinfeld ended not with a bang, but with a whimper, but with a good Samaritan. Worst
4: (laughs) worst episode ever
3: friends. I'm pretty sure that I understand the deep cynicism of Bill O'Reilly, which is why I think, He's suggesting that David and Seinfeld wrote a bad finale on purpose with no evidence in our basic logic to support his claim. Why would they crash and burn the Seinfeld series on purpose? Just to piss off Bill O'Reilly to such a degree that he writes about it ten years later. It's genius. Incidentally, I think that's exactly why they did it, and I applaud them. Wow, this article goes on for a while, but yeah, wow. You know, uh, so does great- this podcast. How do we usually end these things? (laughs) If you can quote the great Ryan Bemrose. So how do you normally end these shows? Uh, Usually with a good prank call, but, you know, sometimes you try three and none of them turn out good.
4: You You need a better victim. You need somebody that will pick up and you need somebody that is invested in you calling. So if you call like Best Buy, they don't care. Now, if you were to call, like, a realtor or something and start asking about Michael Jordan's $25 million house here in Chicago that's been unsold for, like, a decade, I bet you could ask a lot of weird questions.
3: All right. We'll close the show on that. Then how about a realtor?
4: I mean, it's after 5 o'clock now, so everybody's closed, but... Uh,
3: not in California, it's not.
4: Ooh, that's true. Try to buy a house. Tell me you looking for something that's great for doing hookers and blow. <laughs> something previously owned by John Voigt would be nice. We can get the Seinfeld connection in there.
3: Looking for specifically houses that either John Voigt or Jerry Seinfeld have <laughs> owned. Now, the best place to call when you're doing a late night show is Hawaii because there's like five hours behind.
11: This is Colleen.
3: Hi. Um, hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can uh hi i'm the uh i'm i'm j ju- i'm just the assistant i'm here with uh, mr richardson and we're looking for a uh, couple of different houses based on the based on the former owner
11: i'm sorry can you repeat what you're asking
3: uh well i i have my uh i have my client on the line here mr richardson go fuck yourself <laughs> which Hey, come on. Sorry. you know what? Let me Okay, it's just me now. Uh Okay. <laughs> we're looking for a We're looking for a house uh that uh that either Kramer or George maybe used to own.
11: Um I I'm totally confused by your phone call. I own a house that, I own two houses there in Tennessee, but neither of those are That's not my name. <laughs>
3: no, we're moving so. we're we're moving from there.
11: Okay, I, I'm still confused about your phone call. I'm a realtor in California, and I own two houses in Tennessee that I'm renting.
3: Yeah, but I'm not. Tr- I'm trying to get out of Tennessee, not into it.
11: Okay, but you're not renting from me, so I don't know who you are. <laughs>
3: oh, do you have any houses that uh, maybe like um, Mike, like John Voigt or uh, or Jerry, maybe used to live in?
11: No, I think you've just got a wrong number. Totally, so what sorry. What about
3: like George or Kramer?
11: You know? No, I have no no idea.
3: Uh, do you have? Um, oh man! I think, I think I think when I when I when I lead up to you saying something, and it's a and it's like a clip. I think people know right away something's up.
4: Yeah, well, that was, uh, to be fair, the, uh, JCD as a client is always going to scare realtors away. <laughs>
3: that was pretty, go fuck yourself was pretty good. Maybe I should just cut the recording there and it's just JCD going, go fuck yourself.
4: Roll oh, take. that would be the perfect ending. Yes. Yeah. That's probably the way to do it. It's like, you know, doom, boom, gone, drop the mic. We're done. We're not even here anymore. Yeah.
2: Because the time is coming.
3: Well, I can't do that, though, because I got we got to talk about what shows you have coming up. Because you have, like, four shows a week, five shows a week.
4: Four shows, five episodes. That's the uh, average week. We have Monday, Planet Rage. We have Larry Blydner. What a fun show that is. You've done a bunch of shows with Larry. PlanetRage.show. Then, of course, we have uh, Fridays, I think it's going to be now, with Gene Nevtuliev, who wants to be called Sir Gene, which is why you always call him Gene Nevtuliev. And that is unrelenting.show. Wednesdays, the, my favorite day. I don't have to work with anybody but me. That is the Random Thoughts Podcast. It's spelled funny, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. And then the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show on Thursdays and Sundays before No Agenda where you have to get on the live stream where we have a whole lot of fun and just play uh, rock and roll and uh, not really any bits. I mean, we, we, maybe we could add some bits. People seem to like the uh, the hilarity. Bring a little comedy in. It would be fun. Well, that's what we do. That's an average week, and we can add more. I told Dame Jennifer that we could do a show with her because, I mean, you know, I've got time. I don't know. What's, what do you think is the uh, ceiling for doing shows in one week?
3: Yeah, I think five is already more than <laughs> I could do. I've, I've done, I think the most I've done, if you include being a guest is on other shows, is probably five in a week.
4: You do eighteen-hour shows. That's you know, like that's what I told Jennifer. I'm like, if you can, Larry and I have hit on a magical thing. Besides the live show we did this past weekend, we've been really trying to be in and out within an hour, and that does make it a lot more uh, well time constraint. But it it makes it easier to get more shows in because rather, you know, it's like there's no difference between doing three one-hour shows. In one three-hour show, right? So you can you can spread around a little more. I've just been trying to figure out what works, and it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's odd.
3: Well, you, you definitely have your hands in enough pies that, like, it's definitely it. As far as I can tell, it's all working. But uh, you you definitely have a sample size of you've tried enough things and you're still trying it to where, you, if anybody knows what works, it's you. I would say
4: the rock and roll pre-show is getting to be the best funded show. And it's also getting to be one of the most listened to, which is a uh, hard thing to wrap my head around because people have to show up live. Right. And it used to be that maybe, you know, there was a hundred to 200 people by the time we were sending it over to Adam Curry in Texas. And now there's been a bunch of times where I'd look towards the end of the show and there's five, six, 700 people on before, it goes over to curry so it's uh it's a wild thing that that many people show up live but it's been so much fun for me because people are sending in requests which make it more interesting i mean it's great if i put together a playlist and come with a bunch of songs that i'm have already heard but being able to just get requests in and people have done a really good job now that they've been trained properly like send me a YouTube link or send me any kind of link. As long as the audio quality's good and it's live, we'll play it. Yeah, and if anybody's listening few,
3: and you want to request a show on the Rock and Roll Pre-Show, make sure there's more than a hundred people in the audience or Darren won't count it as
4: live. <laughs> well, unless it's Taylor Swift, and then I'll make the exception. But there are some that are like uh like the American bandstand where they're not really playing live. There's uh and I, I like having that crowd because that's what comes through when we're playing it. When a song ends and it's just silence, it doesn't feel live, even if it is. So, I mean, I will cheat every now and then when that happens and then just bring in a live track right after with a long enough intro. So it kind of seems like maybe the crowd was cheering for the previous song. But hey, if you want to get a request in, rnr.show is the website for the rock and roll pre-show for the request. And now we got the crypto thing up there, and it's been a, a lot of fun, and it's taken off way more than I thought, and it's the most fun show to do, no matter what.
3: Yeah, it's it's always a great a great listen, and it just gets everybody hype. Before the best podcast in the universe, which is great. You brought up Taylor Swift, so I have to play the ISO.
1: Yes, he believed he was drugged and then raped by Taylor Swift.
4: Wow, she wouldn't have to drug me. I would just, I'd be fine. Just, <laughs> just ask. Don't That's a have to have to dream, Dr. Wood.
3: You this is uh Josh yeah. P and I did a live stream. It wasn't recorded, but I think it was Servo or C Dubs, maybe I think it was Servo that sent in the that day's uh Antioch, Tennessee, full like seven hour uh court hearing of the Waffle House shooter that shot like six people and killed three of them or something. And it turned out he had sent three hundred and thirty-three Pink Starbucks, mailed them to Taylor Swift multiple times he believed he was being he had voices in his head and that god told him to shoot the waff shoot up the waffle house and he saw uh, somebody's license plate or somebody's car had a 33 on it when he went to the waffle house and that was like god confirming that he was supposed to go shoot up the waffle house <laughs> and they have the psychiatrist on the stand like talking about all this and he believed that taylor swift was breaking into his house at night to rape him and had done so and he had been mailing her the Starburst to get her to stop. And this was the guy that shot the Waffle House. So this is when we got the uh, the ISO here. <laughs>
11: no, yes, just he get believed my he was address. drugged. And-
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, if as long as you're as long as you're cool
4: on the one being penetrated, I guess right. I mean, I don't know. I there's there's all sorts of fun you can have, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yes, he believed 30- he was drugged and then raped by Taylor Swift.
12: That's a wet dream, Doctor Wood. You you understand that, right?
4: That, that was the uh,
3: thirty-three the prosecutor saying that wet dream they talked about wet dreams and what constitutes a wet dream yeah there was tons of 33s in this case it was like super wild i haven't watched the full 7 hours test like court it was like day 3 of the they were streaming it like they did the written house thing it was really interesting but yeah
4: Oops. i have never run into a no agenda producer in the wild my wife has now at work she's uh works in a retail environment and somebody was in her shop a few weeks ago and the final value was 33 something or, or maybe it ended in 33 and the guy's like 33 is the magic number and she's like no agenda fan and he looked there like what <laughs> how the fuck do you know yeah. <laughs> I was like totally surprised that anybody would uh, would know about that so yeah
3: at the liquor store i've met uh, a couple no agenda producers a couple of them were, uh, Two were Vietnam vets, Iraq vet, and then one dude that's just uh, uh, I don't remember what he said he did. This dude named Mike, and we ended up hitting it off. I talk to him every now and then, but yeah, uh, I guess it's just like geographically, Tennessee's got a lot. I know Murphy'sboro is one of the big hot spots, and of course Nashville. So, but even well, out here much- near Knoxville, there's a there's a big. Uh, I've run into him in the wild. Fairly You're frequently. much
4: more free there. You're much more able to say things. We live in commie Illinois, like Larry, in commie California. You got to be more careful with saying these horrible things. Like you listen to a podcast, but hey, Fuckin I have cops. no problem telling yeah. people. Fuck them. I listen to Ab in a Six Abs in a Six Pack every damn episode that I'm on. I listen to. Oh,
3: <laughs> well, good. Those are the ones I do the least. <laughs> Those are the ones I do the least prep work for, because I know you can carry the show without me doing much.
4: Which, Yeah, it's the uh, beauty of being Irish and having the gift of the gab. If I did more preparation for podcasts, they would be as long as yours, and nobody wants that. That's long for me to keep talking.
3: As, uh, <laughs> I, didn't stay, I didn't pull it, but I mean, one of the clips I listened to this morning, Alex Jones was saying, the Irish got bullied, but Bill O'Reilly went through all that, and he still decided to be a bully.
4: <laughs> hey, you you do what you know. I mean, I did my episode of Random Thoughts today on the State of the Union, which the State of the Union speech was about an hour long, and just me covering it from memory was like 45 minutes, so
3: that just tells you. Oh, I'm excited to listen to that. I I didn't watch the State of the Union, so thanks for doing that for
4: me. That is exactly the way I presented it. I listened to Joe Biden so you don't have to. Beautiful. Um, It was a hate watch.
3: (laughs) uh, But it's always
4: fun to be on your show. I mean, you are... A hell of a host, even when you leave or fall asleep or go out and have a cigarette, it's always fun.
3: I didn't do any of those today, surprisingly, although you could have held down the fort while I I did.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was really fun when I was on with Nick the Rat and the guys from uh, that Canadian show were on, uh, you know, the big one. Oh,
3: God, that was over 100 episodes
4: ago. I know, but it was a good one. People should go back and listen to that.
3: I think we called that white or no, we called that one blackface etiquette. (laughs)
4: yeah well the world has not really moved a lot since then has it
3: oh no not particularly but uh everybody can check out the new today's random thoughts obviously tomorrow we got the rock and roll pre-show 10 a.m eastern nine central and then uh friday you said it was unrelenting
4: unrelenting i believe friday morning's live at 9 a.m. I, Gene wants me to do it at nine o'clock. I'm like, you know, that's a little early for me. He's like, yeah, he's made Bemrose do it at nine. I'm like, yeah, but he never did prep. Yeah, right. Uh, Which wasn't true, but I thought it was funny.
3: And then Monday, it's my personal planet favorite, rage. Planet Rage.
4: Yeah, working with Larry has been so much fun because he brings it each and every time. He is able to tell stories i mean he has the voice which is great but he's able to tell stories and bring them to life better than most people i think and uh you know he says it's not hard to trigger me but we know it's not hard to trigger larry if you really want to get him going it makes up for a perfect planet rage which is if we were to do more than an hour we might we might be just exhausted we you can't keep that kind of intensity up for that long
3: yeah that's true that's true we had a little bit of downtime today and we had you know we had callers call in and they could do talk about um working and driving and whatever else they were doing right. nothing interesting but you know they were doing yeah stuff. i mean
4: i'm surprised <laughs> podcasters calling in and not pimping their own show i will give them credit for that and i will also ex- you know eviscerate them for like why aren't you mentioning your show that's the first thing you should say. Now, when Boobery called in, you should have been, hey, this is Boobery, the Mothman of the mini of the Behind the Scheme show. <laughs> yeah, I, I when tend Mina's not to do that up, either, because you
3: know? I don't want to, like, especially the shows I call in frequently, I don't want to just shill my show, but I'm happy
4: for anybody to do that here, because what else am I got going on? Shill them oh. up. It's a great, big community. That's the way it works.
3: Well, this has been Absinthe Six-Pack. Thanks, Darren, again for joining. And, Thank uh, you. in case you were wondering... About the show.
2: Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just watched that podcast, Abe and a Six Pack, and it was the worst. It was the worst shit I've ever watched. It just shows anybody can have a podcast. And uh, even by those standards of anyone having a podcast, uh, this one was shit. It's like, uh, it's stupid, it's boring, it's a waste of time. And uh you know there are two year olds with podcasts that are more worthwhile listening to than that it It's just uh don't waste your time, really, really avoid it like the plague
4: often to streams they do they want to stream
13: uh,
4: how
3: can I help you Hi, hello,
1: yeah.
3: Hi, um I just had a couple questions for you. Um do you still have the um the Seinfeld Venti?
13: What was that, I'm sorry?
3: Um what's your favorite Seinfeld episode? Hello?
4: And that is the sound of a phone hanging up. <laughs>
2: That I, 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 that I will resist them. I mean, I literally, literally, not oh, oh, my dinner, oh, I'm Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter.
9: Hey, very exciting stuff. I think we're pretty much ready to go here with this podcast. What the hell is a podcast? I mean, why don't you just tape it? What are you doing?
8: You don't have to tape it these days, Frank. You just record it right onto the computer. Right.
9: And uh, once we start recording, Frank, I'm need you to stop eating those crackers. It's incredibly annoying, and it's all anyone's going to be able to hear. So... Dennis and D Reynolds here.
8: Inaugural podcast. We're talking technology today, the big T.
9: Absolutely. Everyone's talking about technology these days because it's everywhere.
8: Oh, it is. You can't escape it.
9: You absolutely can't. So D, tell us what you feel about technology. How, how do you what's your opinion on it?
2: Dead air.
8: Could you ease up on the crackers? I'm, I'm
2: getting bored with this. I'm gonna bring my guest in. Guest? I asked Cricket to come. What? Cricket? He's Cricket?
8: Outside. No, Frank. You can't just bring guests in here. This is our podcast. I feel like you're trying to take over. No, no, no. You
9: know what? Actually, this could bring up a pretty good issue. If you bring Cricket in here, we could rail on him about the homeless issue.
8: Cricket! Chris. Yo,
9: nope. there he
2: is. Come on and buddy, we're ready for you.
8: Hey, Frank. Where's my chicken? This is taking forever. Come on.
2: I promised him a rotisserie chicken. Let's
8: go. Chop, chop. I'm starving here. What's going on with your voice? That's from when Frank hit me with the trash can. Wound got infected. It was a whole ordeal. Okay, all right. Well,
9: um, listen, let's get into the issues here. We're going to start rolling on this. Oh,
8: no, 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 no. I am not saying another word until I get the chicken.
2: I lied about the chicken, Frank. Are you kidding me? it was bullshit.
8: Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Why do I even trust you?
2: here. here. I do have something for you. Lemons. Lemons? Yeah, you suck on them.
8: Oh, come on. Let's give me the crackers.
2: No, suck on a lemon. Here, go ahead.
8: Well, they are good for scurvy. All right, I have a few lemons, but then I'm out of here. All right, here we go. So, uh,
9: Dennis and D. Reynolds here. We are talking about the homeless issue here in Philly. That's a big issue these days, and we're here with our friend Cricket. He is a homeless man. Mm-hmm. Cricket, walk us through a day in your
8: life. Oh, day in the life. Well, uh, the other morning, I wake up. I find a dog sniffing at my wound. Mm. He's fully aroused, mind you. So I'm thinking, oh, great. You know, what does this jerk want? Of course, I know what he wants. (laughs) He's looking at me right in the eyes. He does not have to say it. Not that he could. (sighs) Uh, Oh, that is, that is tart. That is really tart. I mean, does my scar look like a dog's vagina? You know, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and and try to get inside the mind of a dog. (laughs) I mean, that's God's work. Well, not that I believe in God. I don't. Not since that Chinaman stole my kidney. Cricket, tell Dee how much you think she's ugly. That's well, not gonna make any sense, Frank. He doesn't think I'm ugly. He's madly in love with me. Don't flatter yourself. I'm over you, sister. Since when? Since I found out you are a whore. Will you stop talking about this? as nothing... Okay, well, maybe you're a whore, you stupid, ugly, homeless okay. bitch. Okay. You have uh, bang your neck now, the other day. You're both day. whores. Well, at least someone's radio. banging my vagina, you know this what I'm saying? <laughs> <Little> <laughs> Get into it. Get
5: into it. In this is not good radio.